0: Hello, all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling.
1: I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And as somebody who is currently about to uh, enter Tech Week helping a bunch of kids put on uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, you know what I could just keep using more and more of in my, in, in my entertainment love squares.
0: (laughs) I figured that was how you were going to put this one. Uh, So yes, we are coming to, this is, this is again, as as I talked, I talked about this, our very first episode of like this, like 2012 to 2014 era was like, My biggest time as a fan of WWE specifically Mm because when it was when I first came into it. And we are going right back to it. Our first story arc in this period of time. And I'm very excited is we are going to cover in a quick. It's only going to be three episodes of this podcast. We are kind of bum rushing through this arc, but we are covering the summer of 2012 for the of the WWE championship scene where CM Punk, Daniel Bryan and Kane fought over the title, but let's be honest, no one really the more the more remembered part is they were fighting over AJ Lee.
1: Yeah. Again, this is this is so wild to me and like this is such quintessential 2000s to tw- 2010s WWE of hey, we could just have a bunch of like sportsy dudes beefing over a sports thing and, you know, fighting each other. But what if we injected some weird personal drama bullshit into it and kind of had all of that usurp any of the actual like sports side to this that we got going on?
0: Eh. <laughs> uh, so I am treating for from my side of it. I'm ca- almost treating this arc as like proof that this 2012 didn't suck thank you it definitely didn't what are you talking about because mm. 2012 WWE has a very bad reputation yes. among fans i am very nostalgic for it and i don't know if this is the best full in cat we're only covering one storyline here so i don't know if it's the best encapsulation of this era of time yeah but i was
1: almost convinced you were going to do something like shield related Uh, for this for this shield
0: actually wasn't until late 2012 they did November 2012 so okay actually they're coming up on their 10th anniversary
1: oh shit
0: when you think about it but I I wanted I picked this storyline kind of specifically because the first time we had Claire here we did the Christmas 2012 episode and kind of in explaining how AJ Lee got to where she was in that episode I I kind of uh, casually talked about this storyline, and neither of you seen that into it when I said it, and I remember it being good. So I was like, "Let's let's let's see. Let's remind me how this all goes, and see how I think about it." Okay, that was my I, motivation for this one in particular.
1: I, you know what, I, I, I know this one is a is a is is it's, it's 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 personal for you. This is this is this is something that carries a lot of meaning for you. So I am going in with an open mind and we are covering three of my absolute faves to ever come out of the wwe cm punk who is just you know tied with ray mysterio for my favorite wrestler of all time we have my good good boy daniel Bryan, who is just the best and we have kane who despite being a really fucking obnoxious libertarian mayor these days you know back in the day he was a pretty fun guy when he wasn't going through weird kayfabe controversies that have to do with rape and necrophilia.
0: Happy to separate art from artist on this one.
1: Very and happy. I, to. I,
0: I very much enjoy Kane as, Oh, as a wrestler overall.
1: Yeah. And what's, what's funny to me too, is I remember when we did the, uh, the, the Christmas episode with Claire, this is when the Daniel Bryan and Kane, we are good buddies who met in heal anger management angle was going on. But here they seem to be feuding. So I'm interested to see what that's all about too. Yeah. But that's that's the context through which I kind of came to love both Kane and Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. So returning to this era is exciting for me for that reason too.
0: Fun fact That was also the context with which how I came to love that. We're going to talk a little bit more about my history with Daniel Bryan when I talk more about this arc. But Team Hell No was also my moment that clicked of like, oh my God, Daniel Bryan is awesome.
1: Daniel Bryan, it's so funny to me because I was introduced to him as this absolute goofball who's palling around with Kane for Mm -hmm. reasons. And then I know like he left WWE and like the kind of last thing he did was like, he was an evil environmentalist or whatever. And now he's mm. just the man whom likes to bash people's heads in on AEW. Yeah. So I, there, there, there are many shades of Daniel Bryan. And so I feel like it's going to be interesting because like my love for him has evolved so much over time because it started with hell. No, when he's being all goofy with Kane and now I love him for being the insane mm-hmm. technician, one of the best pro wrestlers of all time. He is. And, now we're whiplashing back to hell no or at least proto hell no and that's going to be really interesting to see play out
0: i'm going to go ahead and tell you because we're not going to go far enough to really see this connect in the storyline but this storyline and the after effects of it directly connect into kane and daniel bryan going to anger management and become and, and bonding over anger management so Yes, this, it's all this. It's all part of like a whole long term arc that Daniel Bryan goes through for pretty much 2012. Oh, my God. OK. So, yeah. So let's go ahead and get into it. Is that I will say this arc is a lot like the arcs we've done with the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament and the NXC Horsewomen arc, where we will only be covering all the parts of one storyline week to week, as opposed to individual episodes. I basically oh, yeah. just felt. I don't really know how to break this up into like five-ish episodes to cover on a podcast. Like, I don't know how to hit the important beats and still make it feel like we got the picture. Yeah, for this kind of, for this storyline, from what I remember, it.
1: Fair enough. So I
0: will talk about where Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are coming from, and Kane and AJ and, Lee. I y- guess. Yes. Every every where where the four of them are coming from, coming into this arc because this today we are covering basically at post extreme rules 2012 to over the limit 2012. Okay. Is where this arc, this is that's late April to late May. Um, So we're coming into it uh, from where to start. I will go ahead and start with CM Punk because that's probably the easiest to get out of the way Indeed. Uh, because CM Punk is the least involved person here.
1: Him which and is Kane ironic both. because which, which is ironic because AJ Lee is his wife IRL.
0: Well, oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that aspect of it. I think. Uh, oh. But CM Punk is the WWE champion at this point in time. Uh, nice. He has been champion since November of 2011. You know, despite how the summer of Punk kind of crashed and burned its way out of out of there. Uh, at Survivor Series 2011 he did pick up the WWE championship again and he nice. would stay champion until Royal Rumble 2013 over it well over a year as champion to, and when he lost it to the Rock um
1: lost it to the rock of fucking course
0: right so right now he is a big baby face uh wwe champion he's the he's the he this where it's everything's coming up punk here and he is getting out he's coming out of an intensely personal storyline with chris jericho oh Uh, hey Jericho, he feuded with Jericho in the built at WrestleMania and at Extreme Rules. And basically, where the storyline was, uh, Chris Jericho was trying to psychologically get at Punk by attacking him for his um, straight edgeness, trying to kind of attack him with alcohol, and also going at his family members. Uh, it was all Yo- about making it personal. <laughs>
1: You know, if I, if I had a nickel for every time Chris Jericho feuded with a wrestler who got hugely popular off their mic skills and that feud lasted more than one pay-per-view cycle, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it is weird that it happened twice, right? Oh uh,
0: yeah, it's Eddie Kingston style, baby.
1: Yeah, yeah, the long live the forever feud, motherfucker! Yeah,
0: so obviously Jericho does not beat Punk. For the title but i i'm i like the feud overall i think it's one of the more i remember it being one of the better alcohol feuds probably it helps that punk is straight edge and not an alcoholic
1: yeah yeah no i, I think like it hit, i think it hits, that, it like, hits different
0: i think when you have it when it's trying to like yes tempt a, tempt a straight edge person to yeah drink like, like 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 temptation versus tempt-
1: is a far more compelling angle than like just having someone fall back into alcoholism.
0: Yeah. Uh, So CM Punk is in need of a new challenger and uh, it has been set up for this first episode of raw that we're going to watch is they're doing a beat the clock challenge. Uh, Beat the clock challenge is basically a WWE staple. I admit I'm not a huge fan of it and I'll get, explain it in a minute, but basically they set up a bunch of matches all in one night, say four or five matches. And basically the person who wins their match the fastest wins the challenge.
1: Oh, yeah. You've mentioned this before. Yeah, it's kind of dumb.
0: It's it's kind of not fun because then you're just watching a bunch of guys do sub five minute matches, and that could be OK if the matches themselves were compelling and fast paced, but they are basically normal WWE paced matches, but in under five minutes.
1: Uh, of course, they wasted their resources like that. God fucking damn it
0: right so uh this has been set up by uh i guess this is the best time to bring it up this has been set up by actually you know what i'll save it to the end because he is because he is the least important person to the story but for kane uh kane in er, er, late 2011 early 2012 brought back the mask uh he had unmasked for a time uh and it was a and it was met with, man, uh, but he put the mask back on. It was met with great rejoicing. And Yay.
1: there was much rejoicing. Yay. Yay.
0: Uh, he feuded with John Cena for a long time and, he, and embraced the hate. Basically the first of but the first, but not the last storyline that tried to make the, the, the emotional through line was trying to tempt John Cena to be a bad person. That kind of pick at the idea of John Cena as a good person and tempt him to be the shittier person that they think he could be. Yeah, you've told me about one of these before
1: too. With Bray,
0: I, I think Bray different. Wyatt did Bray it Wyatt. Yup, Bray Wyatt did it better two years later. In I my know, point. but this Kane was really the first time they went to this well of like tempting John Cena to be evil, to okay. embrace the hate, as see as uh, Kane put it.
1: You know, it would be really compelling if, like, we ever saw John Cena like actually do that. yeah, the... that's
0: the problem with all of the storylines is that he never falls to temptation, and it never he feels just beats the bad guys. So yeah. yeah, so it's like whatever.
1: Okay, sure. Uh,
0: however, he uh, Kane obviously did not succeed. He then transitioned into a feud with Randy Orton. That he it was just basically a I'm a kill you randy you piece of shit i'm i'm going after your family because he attacked bullet he attacked cowboy bob orton Ah, oh. in the build-up and then uh Aunt randy responded by fridging paul bearer
1: jesus Literally put
0: him in a fridge and Wait, then shut oh. the door?
1: <laughs> Randy Orton invented Paul Bearer's in refrigerators tropes.
0: That's not even the first time that a character has a kayfabe implied to have murdered Paul Bearer. It is, by my count,
1: the third time the- that someone has implied to have murdered Paul Bearer. You would think at a point people would just wise up that he's not actually dead. Mm.
0: You'd think. Uh, but... Kane uh i i think randy orton beat kane in that feud but kane doesn't have a big part to play in this particular episode but he will until the very very end of it but i wanted to go ahead and say where kane was as he's basically a big scary monster uh let's get to the more important part daniel bryan and a.j lee uh so in November, in December of 2011, Daniel Bryan cashed in his money in the bank contract to beat the big show and become the world heavyweight champion. Okay. Uh, and then I don't remember, it was around this time he also got a girlfriend, AJ, AJ Lee. Okay. And their relationship was basically AJ is super into him and he is so blatantly not into her
1: haven't they done that angle with aj before too Didn't no you do that this was no. at one
0: point no this is the first time okay Cena but they did is, it
1: again with her yeah, later
0: this is after it becomes a trope for her the Why? original her, oh no well it became a trope for her because it blew up like it blew up as a storyline people oh, loved that. her stuff with daniel bryan uh base uh, i could go beat by beat of the stuff that happened but i think i'll just go ahead and stick to the main like the the perfect encapsulation of their of their relationship is backstage at one time aj lee was like i love you daniel and daniel's response was and i appreciate that oh no however despite the obvious signs aj lee was faithful to Daniel to the end, and then fast forward to WrestleMania 28 in 2012. Daniel Bryan is world champion. He's taking on Sheamus, uh, who run who won the Royal Rumble that year. And the match starts. It's the first match of WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan turns around, gets a good luck kiss from AJ. Turns back around, gets kicked in the face by Sheamus. One, two, three. Sheamus beats Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds at WrestleMania.
1: The SmackDown Championship.
0: Why? For shock value to have him lose, to have Daniel lose the title in 18 seconds.
2: The fuck? Now, plenty of people on the
0: internet will tell you it was one of the worst decisions that Dan- creatively creative decisions WWE has ever made and i am here to defend that choice i don't hate it as much as most people do i get what they i get why basically daniel bryan was portrayed as more or less a paper champion he was uh he he frequently d- retained his title through luck and bullshit uh, it helped that he routinely feuded with the Big Show and Mark Henry to further, uh, you know, emphasize that he is, he all, somebody just needs to get his hands on him and actually wrestle him and they'll be able to, and they could beat Daniel, but he keeps okay. weaseling his way out of losing the title. And so Seamus beating him.
1: Wait, 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 wait. So they basically made Daniel Bryan, the WWE 2012 Mikey Whipwreck.
0: In a sense, he was more—he uh, was more capable than Whipwreck, but he was—he was still kind of a Weasley heel champion. And Sheamus beating him in 18 seconds at Mania was kind of the culmination of that, of somebody finally just beating him. What? And, and I may I say, when I first—this is again, this all taking place when I first started watching WWE. I fucking hated Daniel Bryan. I admit, I got worked real hard by Daniel Bryan this entire arc of his. I remember uh, at some point, I, I remember when I was playing the WWE 12 video game, I would do matches where I would just like beat Daniel Bryan up. And just hit finish spams on him as an emotional, satis- emotionally satisfactory thing. I would just like do matches and just like beat the shit out of him for twenty minutes.
1: Teenage Austin was uh, was having a time with with that, huh?
0: I was got. Re- I got again. I, I admit. I freely admit. Worked real hard by Daniel Bryan, even but though Austin I really under-
1: said Daniel Bryan can can go to hell and die.
0: Yep, pretty much uh obviously now uh, I can appreciate it for what it was and how and how good it was uh so after mania also I will say this was actually a huge turning point for Daniel Bryan's career is after he lost in 18 seconds the crowd revolted at rest- cuz remember WrestleMania is like the hardcoreest of hardcore fans you kind of have yeah. to be to be willing to dump that much money to go to a wrestling show yes and so at this point in time, Daniel Bryan was doing the yes, yes, yes chant to be obnoxious, and the crowd unironically started doing it as a measure of support, as their act of defiant rebellion for WWE booking Daniel Bryan to lose in 18 seconds like a chump. Damn,
1: okay. And
0: this would be the turning point in the crowd actually starting to like him. He will, you'll see it in, but you'll see it. But he, but Daniel Bryan as a character is going to start making choices to kind of like push back against it because he's still a heel and he's still trying to get people to hate him. So he's avoiding playing into the crowd doing yes chance with him. It's what, it's why he starts doing no chance. Yeah. It's because everyone yeah. started doing yes chance, So he's like, no.
1: <laughs> you know, I find it really funny that the crowd that he was this heel and people presumably hated him, but it was just like, they were so pissed. The booking decision. They're like, fuck it. We're on his side now. And then they just stayed on his side.
0: Yeah. It was and this momentum would of course carry him forward to eventually winning the WWE title at WrestleMania. But that's a story for another time.
1: That's a story for another time. And many years later.
0: Yeah. So it, so extreme rules, 2012, he had a rematch with Seamus. It was two out of three falls. Sheamus won, of course, but it was basically like, hey, hey, here, guys, here's the match. They should have had a mania. Here's the real match. (laughs) And (laughs) Sheamus was a Sheamus was a
1: face at this point.
0: He was. He's very much a goody good WWE baby face.
1: I, he, I just, I I know because I know he's a heel nowadays. So I just kind of like assume like I forget like when we first kind of started the show and. Uh, we were watching some stuff around this era. He was very much a face, so much so that it was a shock mm-hmm. to me to see him as a heel when we went to the house show.
0: Yeah, to be fair, he wasn't super successful as a babyface. Like people didn't latch on to him that much. Like he wasn't. He won I mean, the world title a few times, but generic. He
1: like mm-hmm. I'm Irish. Yeah, yeah, and
0: he's still doing that, but you know. yeah, except
1: except now he's able to do. I'm Irish, and so let me shit on the place that we're currently at by comparing it to I- Ireland for heel heat. Ah, son of a bitch! Yeah, see that 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 that's how you get him. He was mean to yeah. Detroit, so we all booed him. As simple as that. Simple math, it. baby.
0: It is how you do it. So, but the but the important story beat for our purposes is that the night is that the SmackDown after WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan came to the ring and he broke up with AJ cuz as far as he's concerned AJ cost him the match at Mania and she's dead weight so time to skidoodle out of here <laughs> and AJ Lee is distraught about this and she spends several weeks desperately trying to get him back and Daniel Bryan is like nope fuck you bitch
2: I don't need you I don't want you goodbye
1: later you you this- you gave me a good luck kiss and I somehow blame the loss on you because of that
0: you distracted me go to hell in, in,
1: in fact you know daniel bryan is convinced she gave him in fact a bad luck kiss he putting on that tinfoil hat real hard don't you know
0: he did uh, so after after a few weeks of failing to get him back aj has kind of accepted that it's not happening and is causing her to kind of like lash out and be angry at people she kind of she had a match with natalia where she just kind of aggressively beat natalia's ass until the ref told dq'd her and told her to stop because you're going too far and then backstage uh matt striker who was working as a backstage interviewer for wwe at this point in time tries to uh get an interview with aj about everything that's gone down and and her best friend, Caitlin, part of... There used to be a tag team known as the Chickbusters. Busters. Uh, Caitlin came in and was like, hey, back off. But then she also then tries to break through to AJ, try to get AJ to see that, like, Daniel Bryan was, in fact, a shitty boyfriend and a terrible person. Mm. And AJ's response was to slap her. So you could say that AJ is going a little crazy right now. Please keep that phrasing in mind.
1: Uh, yes. Women be shopping. My favorite (laughs) wrestling trope of them all.
0: Sure, yeah. So, but basically my point is that AJ Lee is still very distraught over not over uh, the end of her relationship with Daniel Bryan. Even if Daniel Bryan is very happy to not be in it anymore.
1: (laughs) Well... I, considering what we're here to do, uh, I don't think he's escaped it as much as he thinks he has. So, no, uh, he uh-oh. hasn't. Uh oh,
0: we gotta get. We'll get there. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is a thing I have to talk about to understand some of the arc of this episode because John
2: John Lornidas is an God.
0: important element to this story. This part of the story, so I guess I have to explain him. Um. So John Laurenitis
2: is the executive vice president of talent relations and the general manager of Raw and SmackDown.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, that I don't know how you how you do that for any kind of to, I love that you have the water on hand. You're you're you knew. You knew you're like, oh fuck, I gotta be prepared. Austin's got like 10 water bottles off screen right now, just waiting to go, like <laughs> yeah, after fucking... each impression's got to Just down one entirely open the gullet straight down.
0: I thought I was prepared for this, but I guess not. Okay, but basically, old Johnny Ace, uh, he is the current general manager of Raw and SmackDown. He got the job because at WrestleMania, he had there was a big old tag match where one team represented Johnny Ace, who was GM of who is the GM for Raw, and one team represented Teddy Long, who was the GM for SmackDown. And John Johnny Ace's team won. And so he's now running all the shows. And he basically, he almost immediately inserted his own... Then he basically immediately uh inserted people who were loyal to him david otunga is his new legal counsel david otunga i don't think we ever talked i don't ever talked to I've
1: him. i've never heard that name before
0: yeah he is a wrest. he is a wrestler famously he's like a harvard educated lawyer but he really likes wrestling so he's a Wait, wrestler have we seen
1: him wrestle once probably remember there being a harvard educated lawyer who wrestled
0: Probably we've okay. probably seen him wrestle before, but he is a Harvard. He is a kayfabe lawyer, and these days he's actually a WWE lawyer, legit.
1: Wait, so when he was doing this angle, was he only a kayfabe lawyer, or was he a lawyer IRL? I mean, he could practice, but he didn't. Okay. Oh, okay. Then yeah, I think it is this guy. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Eve Torres, uh, another one of the women's wrestlers. Um. She was inserted as uh Johnny Ace's PA
1: which Oh god. Feels
0: a lot grosser
1: oh, now. does god. Yep. Doesn't it? Yeah, it just just a little bit.
0: But basically she is there to do the same shit as John Laurinaitis when John Laurinaitis is not available. Uh same heel, same heel character. Uh he rehired Teddy Long for the sole for the sole purpose of uh humiliating him. He oh no. put Teddy's he great. put rest he put wrestlers on Teddy Long's team in bad situations. As an example, he made R Truth wrestle a two-on-one handicap match against Mark Henry and David Otunga.
1: <laughs>
0: He's power tripping real hard, is what I'm trying to say. And maybe the crown jewel of this is he brought in mercenary Brock Lesnar back to WWE to oh, fight God. John Cena.
1: Oh, God. Oh, is and this leading up to the Cena squash? No, this is a, that happens later.
0: That's post-streak break. Oh, okay. This is just uh, uh, Brock Lesnar's back in the company for the first time since 2004. Uh, he has the big match with John Cena at Extreme Rules that Cena wins LOL.
1: Uh, whoops
0: but uh Brock Lesnar has being basically basically John Laurinaitis don't like CM Punk and he don't like John Cena and that is going to come up is all yeah I
1: remember I remember seeing before that Laurinaitis and um and Punk didn't get along terribly well I forget when that was though
0: I mean, he, uh, kayfabe-wise here, he was shitting on Laurinaitis even during the Summer of Punk thing, because that was... Okay, then, was yeah, into- that might have been That's it. That's when he did the promo where he talked about Laurinaitis firing people.
1: Yeah, 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 okay, yep, yep, yep that, that must have been it then.
0: And then, ever since Laurinaitis became an actual on-screen authority figure, and CM Punk was the hot babyface champion, they, they haven't gotten along any better.
1: Well, I didn't expect them to. I just kind no. of expected both of them getting more power means both they're just going to rub yeah. each other the wrong way. Imagine my shock.
0: Yeah. So John Laurinaitis has a whole feud with John Cena going on at this point in time, including literally wrestling's fuck Cena in a match on pay-per-view. It's going to main event the pay-per-view we're going to watch on this episode.
1: I'm sorry, what? It sucked. It sucked real bad. Yeah, since when the fuck are we letting Johnny Ace wrestle anybody? I will
0: admit Johnny Ace has a prolific career as a professional wrestler in Japan, but he's now old as shit. He does. He was a big... uh, As the story goes, is that basically he had a long career in all Japan pro wrestling because the owner, Giant Baba, his wife thought Johnny Ace was cute. So he had a job for life on that one, and he had a very prolific career, and he won a lot. He won a lot. He won quite a few titles in his time, in all in Japan. What? He's also the in, he's also considered the inventor of uh, the ace cutter, which you probably think of more often as the diamond cutter or the RKO. Oh my God!
1: Wait, fuck. That started with him? I think yep. like I knew about that vaguely, but I don't know, like I can't, uh What the hell? Yeah, crazy. He's even gonna talk about
0: it on this episode. <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, homie is
1: not the wrestler he used to be, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, didn't he, didn't wasn't he one of the ones who took a, took a stunner from Stone Cold at WrestleMania recently? Probably. I know not Vince be did. I'm pretty sure, do like Johnny Ace, or it was like Pat McAfee. I don't know.
0: Pro, I think it was McAfee. Okay. But uh, Johnny Ace is gonna have a match with John Cena in main event of pay per view, and I'm only bringing that up because CM Punk is gonna have words about it, and that informs certain elements of how this story goes to this ep- this episode. So I kind of have to bring
1: it up. Christ. Well, I can't wait to see more of my second favorite ex-WWE executive and lifelong sex pest, John
0: Laryngitis. (laughs) So that if you want to watch along with us, as a reminder, we're watching uh, the episodes of uh, the April 30th Raw I should have this on hand. Uh, we are going to be watching the April 3rd, up from the April 30th, 2012 episode of Monday Night Raw up to uh, the Over the Limit pay-per-view on May 20th, 2012. Only the segments involving Daniel Bryan and C uh, and CM Punk and AJ Lee. Um, if you want to watch along with us, uh, you can do that at peacock.com. Uh, at uh, uh, NBC Universal streaming service. Uh, that's where WWE has all their content these days. Uh, four nine nine a month with ads, nine ninety nine a month without ads.
1: Yep, I mean fuck Peacock, but yeah, do the thing.
0: Of course. Uh, so we will be back. Uh, to discuss. Uh, the first part of the sea C- of the love square summer of 2012 storyline for the wwe title Tell yeah yep and we are back uh we have just finished uh, about a month's worth of segments from the april 30th 2012 episode of monday night raw all the way to over the limit 2012
1: i feel like it's, i just traveled through time that it went on i went on a crash course through space time fuck even my my shirt's different oh shit
0: yeah, my shirt is also different. Please ignore that.
1: Whip, whip. Really? We, we we whip, we whip through time, and that's the only explanation for why for why things are slightly different.
0: Yep, that's it, of course. Uh, so, I'm gonna I, my initial thoughts on this, and I thought about it when I was also putting this together. Is I honestly wasn't sure if I wanted to include this month of stuff and this arc because
3: mm-hmm.
0: it's not the meat of this arc it's very set. They plant a lot of seeds to it. Yes. And I think I ultimately agreed to do this because I was like, Oh, there's only like two more pay-per-view cycles for this storyline. So, you know what? I don't want to do a two episode thing again. I'll just
1: include it anyway.
0: But I think I still appreciated having it and actually seeing the seed planting.
1: No, I very much enjoyed. I very much enjoyed the, the seed planting aspect of this. Like, uh, it, you know obviously you are you are uh, your killer at the uh, at the explanations of of what we're watching ahead of time but being able to see the seed planting in real time kind of all makes it fall together a little bit more and i have to say like the so, some of the seed planting is actually kind of like on like okay oh uh, raw thoughts before we get into the nitty gritty of like mm-hmm. this is one of those like i think this is one of those like uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts thing. Cause I mean this is very mm. much early 2010s WWE storytelling. Yeah,
0: it's it is. And I will say that I kind of I appreciate that it was a very straightforward storyline before. Yeah, became, that's that is the part nonsense. of it I really do
1: appreciate.
0: But then it is also a straightforward I'm the bet I'm trying to be the bestest wrestler storyline in 2012 WWE. It's not exactly the most compelling TV week to week. But uh, I agree. It was also cool in real time to kind of see how they set up stuff that becomes more relevant in the coming months.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the what what makes that I'm trying to be, and again, we'll get into this. What makes that I'm trying to be the bestest thing compelling is the fact that we actually have like three of the best workers for the company kind of in the spotlight here. So, coupling the I'm the straightforward. I'm trying to be the bestest uh you know angle with really solid in-ring work that's that's what adds the 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 compelling side to it um uh, i mean i mean obviously i guess that's kind of how it is for like any of the any of this good stuff but like you know the we have two people who are especially competent on mike uh db and punk punk especially obviously um and we have we have them fighting it out and you know kane is blooming in the background is going to get involved at some point and he's and he's solid worker too so you know even if the material feels kind of underdeveloped because you know d- wwe playing a storyline straight in 2012 is like the most l- laugh in the face of that sentence thing you could think of um they have they have good people they have good people working it um so mm-hmm. Not a, not a horrible experience watching this one, I have to say, overall. But yeah. we'll, we'll get into the nitty-gritty.
0: Sure. So we're going to start with the 2012 episode of uh, the, uh, four, the April 30th, 2012 episode of Raw. Uh, we skipped... The, most of the beat the clock challenge because I felt it was largely irrelevant and a time waste for us because we Definitely. already know how this is going to go on you know like yeah, we're here for the story of CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan Daniel so Bryan. obviously Daniel Bryan is going to win wow. so we,
3: no way we don't need,
0: we don't need to watch uh, the big show and Great Khali try to have a match together.
1: <laughs> oh no
0: <laughs> it was rough
1: I can imagine. I don't but, know much about uh, The Great Kali, but I know that there's not always a good time He him.
0: is very immobile. Like, even, oh, bo- even, even on the standards of, like, seven-foot-tall big man immobility, he's immobile. Oh, yeah, wait, we've watched Big Kali,
1: I think, once or twice before, right?
0: Pro- probably, we've probably came across him at least once.
1: I think, yeah, I think we, d- I can't remember when, but I remember a long time ago, the big, wait, did he had a thing with Hornswoggle, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've seen him because with big guy, li- because biggest big guy, guy, little, little is guy comedy. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, for my money, gotta say I'll take Satnam Sing anytime.
0: Absolutely. But I, I have hot takes to give about Satnam Sing, but this is not the podcast for that. We don't talk about current events here
1: current events on my on my wrestling retrospective podcast
0: but i gotta say i am a bigger fan of satinum sing than most
1: i yeah i actually have to agree with that i don't like who he's paired with but i do i i i am here for the for the satinum singiness of it all that is that is i will i will get down with that hot take but anyway
0: but anyway, on the, on the final uh, match of the Beat the Clock Challenge, Randy Orton, I think, had to set the time at 4 minutes 16 seconds, I think it was. I didn't write it down. Just going off memory. Uh, well, and then, but it's Daniel Bryan
1: versus Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler. Which, I... M- complicated feelings about this match, because why in the name of fuck are we still letting Jerry Lawler... In the ring in the year of our Lord twenty twelve. I mean, when have, wh- why are we letting him in the ring at all? I I I know he was well, a legend he... on his Indies circuit territory, whatever, back way back in the day. But Jesus Christ, it's twenty twelve, and this man is a fucking pedophile. Stop. He hasn't
0: had a he hasn't had a heart attack on Raw yet, so we're still letting him wrestle.
1: Wait, he had a heart attack on Raw?
0: Yeah, on the in uh, October or no September. 2012 he had a match with Dolph Ziggler then he went back on commentary and later in the night he had a heart attack live on air and Michael Cole had to work solo I, what? The, I, uh, I don't remember if he worked solo or if he went silent the rest of the show what? The, an actual IRL heart attack Yep. What he, the, he had a what? legitimate heart attack on
1: what? Him. what? And they just—they kept the cameras rolling.
0: They didn't have the cameras on him, but the show continued. Yeah, we have—we finished the show. What did show.
1: they do? Did they fucking? Did they bring EMS out and like cart him out or some shit?
0: Yep. Yeah, was off screen they just had EMS cart him away.
3: Jesus.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
3: What?
0: But I think that was the end of Jerry Lawler doing matches in WWE. Of course, the indies being the indies, he still wrestles, I think to this day, on indie shows. But, you know. Why? I think that was the last time WWE let him have a match. This man is a known pedophile. Why? Why does he still have a job? Because he's a legend. Attitude error. Puppies. (laughs) Ha ha
1: ha ha ha. Fuck you. Fuck. Uh so you fuck the fact that Lawler's here. however, th- we do have the obvious like preconceived conclusion here that th- this time I am actually gonna watch Jerry Lawler lose. Thank God. Um, yeah,
0: I was I thought you were gonna be so happy to watch Jerry Lawler get his ass beat because that you no know, that's I, honestly I, the only reason he does this match is so that Daniel Bryan can beat a guy in like two minutes.
1: The ultimate head kicker. Yeah, that's such a. I feel like that's such a fucked thing to do. Like, just of all the people to pair, uh, like, like just Jerry Lawler going in there, just be cannon fodder for Daniel Bryan, so we can have like a super short. W- like, I someone backstage had to know, right? Like in kayfabe, like yeah, they're just like yeah, we're just basically setting Daniel. Like you know, we we'll give all these other people legitimate fucking fenders, and then Daniel Bryan gets. Uh, Jerry Lawler, yep, yeah, that's that's a fair, yeah, that, that, I, that's I a think, fair and equal opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think Miz had uh, uh, God. I do. Is this really worth looking up? But I'm gonna look up the the raw results for this show to see what the rest of the Beat the Clock Challenge was.
1: Because, uh, ah, God, I yeah, I but okay, remember, like who I saw.
0: No, the other is I did not give a shit. Uh, the other matches on this show were oh my god i don't need photos for every single match on this show wiki fandom okay so the Miz beat santino morella in four minutes 18 seconds okay uh chris jericho and big show ended in a time limit draw because those are two main event guys obviously they're gonna go longer than four minutes 18 seconds yes uh randy orton beat jack swagger in four minutes and 16 seconds uh Kane and the great Khali went to a time limit draw, and then Daniel Bryan beat Jerry Lawler in 220. So, like, Jesus. the Miz... So, like, the Miz and Daniel Bryan kind of got the easy st- the easy ones
1: here, relatively speaking. And Miz was... And Miz still... Fu- and, I mean, Santino's, like, still established as, like, like, he's a fucking goofball, but he's still able to, like, JK roll his way to victory a lot of the time. So, mm-hmm. like... It, you know, easy in theory, but still like, you know, not not a not a Jerry Lawler tier. This is this this guy's like fucking old, and no way is he ever gonna have a, cha- a snowball's chance in hell against the Daniel Bryan.
0: Yeah, so Daniel Bryan got the deck stacked in his favor on this one.
1: Yeah, don't uh, know why, but have- okay.
0: I don't have any real notes on it because I mean it's a two minute squash match. Jerry Lawler hits some of his signature stuff, his punches and shit, and mm. Daniel Bryan mostly just kicks his head off and then taps and him out with the yes. Honestly,
1: mark. I wish we had gotten more of Daniel Bryan kicking Jerry Lawler's head. I want a fucking twenty minute epic of Daniel Bryan just smashing Jerry Lawler's head in. I would have been, I I actually would have been happy with that. It would have been Mm -hmm. fucking cathartic. But at the very least, Jerry Lawler did not get to go off screen and ride the hoe train after this. That's
0: true. Uh, My only real note is they cut backstage to Randy Orton watching the match because he was the leader at the time. And I was like, he's watching the TV at a normal angle. What the Mm -hmm. fuck? This,
1: uh, this This feels wrong. I feel like I need to bleach my eyes after seeing Randy Orton just like facing the TV in a normal way and not awkwardly cheating out for the camera. What? Yeah,
0: I was like, what? No, what? that's not right. Move, that's, Randy. That's not
1: how you watch a TV.
0: Yeah, so Daniel Bryan wins and CM Punk comes out on the stage to be like, yeah.
1: Yeah, you want this, bitch. You, you want and this, so bitch.
0: That is that. So we go to the May 4th episode of SmackDown. We skipped a lot. Uh, I will talk about what we missed here is that yeah. basically uh Daniel Bryan opened the show with a match with Sheamus, uh, he won by DQ because Alberto Del Rio interfered. Uh, they complained backstage. They had a fight backstage about it because Daniel Bryan is like, "I didn't ask for your help. And I didn't need your help, and I don't want your help." Ooh. And so Eve Tor- Eve Torres, who was doing who he was doing uh, duties for John Laurinaitis this week. Um, Was like okay, Daniel, you get a rematch with Sheamus later tonight, and Alberto Del Rio can't touch, can't interfere. Uh, Then and then it and and then the main event of the show is that rematch where Sheamus wins. It's basically just like a narrative wrap up to everything that, that the Sheamus Daniel Bryan story stuff from the last two months. And a setting up because I understand is that um uh, Seamus is about to enter a long feud with Alberto Del Rio over the summer of twenty twelve. And oh, so they're kind of setting that up too. It's a transition episode from a narrative perspective, and I honestly wanted to include it for the sake of like variety, but we just I could not justify the time to devoted to this to That's including fair. it. That's fair. Uh, just wanted to say it happened. Uh, but the thing that we do, we did watch, is, is that uh, backstage, Caitlyn was talking with Alicia Fox, and AJ Lee comes over to her and to talk to Caitlyn and apologizes for slapping the shit out of her last week and says, that wasn't Yeah, that her. wasn't
1: me. Mm-hmm.
0: And Caitlyn is like, I felt really betrayed, and I was just trying to be your friend. You know, and then you, you slap yep. me, and but she's and she's like, you you, you say this isn't you. Well, you got to stop this pity party over Daniel Bryan, all right? And <laughs> I will say, is- she
1: she did this kind of like fake out moment where she was like, where she's like, I felt really betrayed, and I just want to say, I know it wasn't you, sweetie. It's it, it, it's it's okay. I can't I get, I get. <laughs> like it. It was it was one. Of, it was definitely one of those fake out moments of like. We thought, like, it was gonna, it looked like it was, like, Caitlyn was about to start shit. And then, and then she's like, no, no, it's fine. Uh, But I, I do need to give you some of that, you know, good old friendly, tough love. And, like, you need to stop this pity party because Daniel Bryan sucks and you're better than him. You need to move on. And, like, you just fucking see this switch flip in AJ Lee's head where as soon as, like, like I, it must be, like, a, a trigger for her or something of, like, she hears once again that Daniel Bryan sucks and just, locks on to Caitlyn and just, just smacks her dead across the face. Caitlyn falls over, and that was a real slap, too. That wasn't a fucking stick. Caitlyn got legitimately smacked hard across the cheek by AJ Lee, which is, which is fucking, fucking nuts. And, like, just all of the remorse gone and AJ stands above her downed friend, just like <clears throat> fucking seething through her yeah. nostrils. Just. <clears throat> yeah. This,
0: uh, we talk about seed planning and I think that the AJ Lee bits that we do get, she is very much a, a bit player in this, in this ep- series of episodes, but what we do get sets up a lot for what she's going to be, be doing in the next two months of stuff.
1: Yeah, apparently what she's got going on is that she's got, like, a fucking trigger phrase for anyone trying to suggest to her that Daniel Bryan's a piece of shit.
0: Oh, just wait till till she gets the trigger phrase. Just you wait for that.
1: Wait, there's an actual trigger phrase? What? Yes. I don't know if
0: we're gonna get to it in this arc, but she's gonna have a trigger phrase.
1: What the... Why? Why are they playing AJ Lee as, like, this, like, Crazy bitch character. That's so fucking yep. cringy. Kinda is, but it worked. It was
0: very popular at the time. It oh, worked. I'm it, sure it was. The crowd loved it.
1: Well, yeah, because the crowd isn't always terribly good in examining their internal biases. However,
0: but now chick, she, she be crazy is what we're setting up here.
1: Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Men- mental instability. The the best. The best gimmick, actually. Mm-hmm. scientifically proven
0: yeah all right let's get to some real material here the may 7th 2012 episode of raw we opened with john laurinitis we got several we got a couple of, meningitis we got several johnny ace monologues
1: yeah I, I i want it known that i just i it, all every single time i mention him in my notes I don't, I, I just have John Laryngitis or or, or, or Laryngitis. I don't, I, I refuse to say the real, he's just John Laryngitis, that Jan Laryngitis, that fucking name that Santino Morello came up with for him is so, is such pure gold and is so good at, at communicating the sheer disrespect I have for this man that he is henceforth in my mind forever known as Jan Laryngitis. So My notes have,
0: mis- my notes only use Johnny Ace so I don't have to try to type hey! his
1: name. Hey! For yeah, well, so for
0: expediency, I'm like Johnny Ace said.
1: That you No, know, I'm I'm not entirely sure I'm spelling laryngitis 100 percent correct either. Uh, but I feel I, I, I still feel better about that than typing out fucking Laurenitis.
0: Yeah, my my uh, autocorrect is not like it when I when I type Laurenitis.
1: Off off the bat, um, off the bat, I gotta I gotta shout out two fucking great signs in the audience. Uh there's someone claiming there's someone with an I'm little Jimmy sign, which mm-hmm. I I wish we could have gotten uh a, a live uh um uh, uh what's his nuts reaction our to R truth. It. No, oh yeah, R Truth, Jesus. I was thinking Jimmy Hart for a second. No. Yeah, I w- no, I our, wish we could have gotten a, Yeah, I, I wish we could've gotten a live R-Truth reaction to that of of uh of him just like going up to the crowd and saying like Little Jimmy, that would have been well. That's
0: well, th- well. That's the thing is like by this point in time, our truth is like the lovey comedy babyface again, and yeah. so like the the little Jimmy thing has been completely recontextualized. It's no longer him like being mad at little J- at the little Jimmys that boo him and cheer John Cena, which is what the original intention it's literally was. Literally
1: just him having schizophrenia, now, right?
0: Now it's him having like an imaginary
1: friend called yeah. Little Jimmy. Yeah, no, I remember that from, from when we did Summer of Punk. Like, he taught he he had bits based on like the imaginary friend that he kind of thinks is real, little Jimmy. He-
0: Heels have gotten heel heat for attacking little Jimmy! Wait, what? Heels have played along to the bullshit and attacked his imaginary friend for heel heat. And
1: they got heat off of it? Absolutely they did. Pure ma- dude, I fucking love R Truth, okay? There is a, please, at some point, we need to run, we need to run an R-Truth arc, because I love that man. I, Ron Killings, I adore, with my whole heart, and he is he's the best of all of us, and everything he does is pure gold, and ev- there's so much that he does that, with anyone else, I would think is just the most cringy bullshit, but he just sells it and makes it work and little jimmy's a perfect example of that and i can't it's 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 so it's so emblematic to me of how good he is that you could just back in the day attack imaginary friend little jimmy for legitimate heel heat totally so john
0: john laurinitis
1: oh also sorry one more sign i gotta shout out there's a fucking free teddy long sign true which
0: Fucking true. Yeah, Teddy Teddy's not having a good time on SmackDown these days. Uh, we don't get to see it on this on this series of episodes because he's not really involved in the arc. But yeah, he's he's not he's having a rough time. Oh, he's as, bad.
2: So John Laurinaitis says how no one is allowed to question
0: my authority. He just opens straight with that, <laughs> and he is big mad because last week
2: John Cena called me an idiot. And a corporate jackass. And uh, he's,
1: yeah, he's, he's, he's not happy about being called names. He also said something about when I lose my temper, I go into a fit of destruction. I
0: wrote, I wrote Johnny Ace Hulk posts. He's yeah. Well, like,
2: yeah. He's basically like when I, when he's upset, he goes into a, a rage of
1: destruction. See what it sounds to me is what, well, what it sounds like to me and in, instead that, that, that wasn't the association I made. Uh, I think because I think he like apologizes for his like behavior on like a previous SmackDown or something, um, but uh, he he says when I lose my temper I go into a fit of destruction. And honestly, the connection I made was that really it shouldn't have been Kane and DB bonding in heel anger management. It should have been AJ Lee and John Laurinaitis becoming best buddies in heel anger management because they, they <laughs> seem to share that trait: losing their temper and going into a fit of destruction.
0: Hmm. What a what a weird alternate timeline that
1: would have been. That would have been a was, hell of a tag team.
0: Uh but in, over the limit, he will he 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 will I don't remember the way he fra- he phrased it awkwardly, but he he's gonna continue what Lesnar started. By this point, he has announced that John Cena will be facing him at Over the Limit because he's power tripping and he wants to beat up John Cena.
1: Yeah, which uh, I, I most- really I still don't understand why the hell. Laurenitis thinks that's going to work out for him, but Kay?
0: Well, because he thinks that, and we'll talk, and I think we'll touch more on this when we get to the second Laurenitis promo we watched here, is that he thinks that what he's going to be able to do is just have Lord Tenzai or whoever just show up and beat up John Cena for him, and then (laughs) he'll be able to win. Um, But I wrote a direct quote
2: I'm not going to apologize hitting Cena's arm with a ch- injured arm with a chair
0: what a good guy he is
1: real uh, th- John, real John Laonidas th- really said I'm gonna say it I don't care that you broke your elbow
2: what a what a tough but fair guy he is and he says that the
0: board of directors understands that he he did what he had to do and did not reprimand him for this yeah and- John
1: Laurinaitis, uh is is a fair and balanced uh CNR
0: course uh and he he explains that cena is not here tonight because he wants cena to heal up for their rematch for their big match at the pay-per-view and in fact for the next several weeks on raw john cena will be sending in promo videos via satellite rock style dwayne the rock johnson style
1: oh shit i I, is is, are all of his pops gonna be as awkwardly timed to find out
2: probably
1: probably uh
2: And he'll be doing a satellite interview tonight, and he will apologize for making fun of my voice. And anyone (laughs) who makes fun of my voice will face severe consequences. You know, I'm
1: really happy you brought that part up, because I just got to the part in my notes that was rather cryptic to me, where I said Austin about to suffer some severe consequences, and I forgot what the hell that was in reference to. (laughs) Yeah, it was about making fun of his voice. John and... Laryngitis is coming for you, buddy. Yeah, also, l- uh,
0: try old man.
1: If there's one, John Laryngitis about to fucking travel through time just to kick your ass. Uh, I also, have, <laughs> if there's one thing pro wrestlers are good at doing, comma, and that's it. Don't th- I don't know if what that thought was supposed to be? Maybe letting stuff go. Maybe like taking a. Re- it was either like in reference to him, like letting something go, or like. John Cena like it might have been something and might have been something about like John Cena resting up I I I don't know
0: or apologizing because I don't think no one does oh
1: yeah apologize yeah that's what it was if there's one thing pro wrestlers are good at doing it's apologizing that never goes off with with, uh with any hitches uh Mm -hmm. uh in in the world of pro wrest pro wrestling
0: so, John Laurenitis explains that his voice is the way it is, uh, the way that I have been saying. Yeah, we get a fucking like
1: time. origin story for the is... you know, I, I've heard the new, uh, the new Kenneth Branagh, Agatha Christie movie, the, the Death on the Nile. Like, we get a like backstory for like Poirot's mustache, which I think is hysterical. This, I think, is even fucking funnier that they actually give like. The origin story for the fucked up lary- uh, laryngitis voice.
0: Yeah, so basically he got injured while he was wrestling in Japan, and he then cut. He didn't like put together a montage to show on the Titantron of photos of him in Japan as a wrestler because he explains how he was a a big star
2: in Japan. He he said he was bigger than Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold. And The Rock combined!
1: Truly the most monstrous heel move, making the audience look at your vacation slides.
0: (laughs) Which is a whole lot of bullshit, I might add. (laughs) Uh, While John Laurinaitis, as I said in the front half, was a successful wrestler in Japan, Uh, calling himself bigger than Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Rock combined is obviously very stupid and wrong.
1: That's it. Seems a wee bit of a stretch there, good you old laryngitis. Mean,
0: exaggerated just a little bit on that one.
1: Nah, and... nah, nah! It's utter, utter sensation, and that's why everybody knows the name Jan Laryngitis uh, over, uh, over, so across the way.
0: He, he, he ends
2: his speech with "May God bless people power."
0: and then here comes cm punk to cut this sh- to tell john to cut the shit
1: <laughs> yeah this this fake this fake communism shit which i take exception to the people power you fucking capitalist pig i think not here comes <laughs> the true comrade cm punk for uh, yeah. uh for to to tell you what's what let me tell you cm punk is- has read theory okay
0: this is where I took note of the Occupy Top Rope sign. Yeah.
1: Very topical.
0: Yes. Very 2012. Oh,
1: also, shout out to the weird fucking CM Punk is my drinking buddy sign. Okay. Oof.
0: Okay, Chris Jericho. Why did you bring a sign? To, why did you sneak into the show and bring a sign? Oh,
1: wait. wait I missed I miss this. I missed this note for the, the that I had. Uh, I was the Hulk Hogan of Japan, so you were a fan of anti-Asian racial slurs? Well, you, know you know what
2: everyone like is really a little was. bit racist
1: yes yeah he's 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 saying he's he he's he's saying like anti-japanese racial slurs as part of his pillow talk you know, i
2: don't i don't really want my daughter to date an asian man unless he's a seven foot tall basketball player <laughs>
1: oh god oh god anyway so, so true comrade CM Punk is here. Uh, Lawler on commentary, lampshades the pipe bomb. Cause I guess that's the thing we have to do now. Yeah. All the time, the, now that
0: he's, now that he's a super popular baby face. Now they're going to constantly bring it whenever they can. They're going to be like, is CM Punk about to drop another pipe bomb. God. Of course, taking away all everything that made the pipe bomb cool by trying to manufacture another one.
1: Yeah, just, like, running the bit into the ground. It's so annoying.
0: Uh, classic WWE move. Um, really? So, CM Punk uh, taking something that was organically popular and running it into the ground, trying to manufacture it again. I mean, I guess that's just capitalist corporations anyway. But definitely WWE.
1: Definitely oh. they're, they're into it. They Oh, they will do... They will. They will murder any any like organic cool shit in its grave just so they can chase the pop. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Oh of God! If they could say. If they could say like, it. I like letting the letting Vince McMahon and the WWE discover the internet was just a fucking mistake. I mean, again, Absolutely. I think you could say of any pretty pretty much any capitalist corporation. However,
0: however. Also, that includes the WWE, and that's it. That
1: especially includes the WWE, because it's, you know, it, it feels especially dorky when you know that it's being penned by Vince McMahon. Of course.
0: So, CM Punk Lampshade comes out to lampshade John Laurinaitis using the people power thing because he doesn't even know what the people want. And, and but CM Punk is a good guy, and he is here to help John Laurinaitis out. I'm not going to spell it
1: out for you, but I'm going to give you a hint.
0: Yeah, so he says we're going to work backwards here, and we're going to start with what the people don't want. Mm. And he explains whether the, what the people don't want to see is you, John Laurinaitis. <gasps> Preposterous. And, and uh, CM Punk kind of describes John Laurinaitis's current bit as basically just he putting all of his chips on Brock Lesnar, and then John Cena just beats him. <laughs> and so now he is mad and trying to, you know, revenge quest at John Cena here. And uh he explains that seeing Brock lose is he he made your face was as red as your Republican, your Republican tie.
1: tie. What a fucking great what a fucking great line that was. Holy mm-hmm. shit. I I that was and, that was a good one.
0: Yeah, and CM Punk then he talks up, about uh johnny ace going to japan and he explains that basically he went to japan because no territory and no fan in america wanted to pay to see him wrestle because Fucking he sucks face.
1: yeah the true true and absolutely he,
0: cm punk says john lauren Ice is a joke then and he's a joke now and john john finally gets back
2: and he's like hey punk you, you better be careful
0: and CM Punk's like, "Yeah, okay. I'll be careful." He's he's, he's CM Punk said he's going to watch the pay-per-view and he's going to be w- sit there and watch John Cena beat him. And John Laurinaitis digs his own grave here as he's as after that he's like, "Are you finished?" And CM Punk goes, "Oh,
1: am I finished? Let me ask the people. Am I true, finished? True comrade CM Punk truly giving the people what they actually want. Oh, what a fucking king. And of course, the and people say, uh actually, yeah, I think I think you are finished. I think I think we heard enough of your uh, uh oh. en- enough. We, we we generally get the picture and we are a reasonable group of people who uh who don't need to hear such ideas elaborated on for super long.
0: Of course, that is not what happened. Of <laughs> course, the f- the the WWE universe was like, "Yes, please say more." And so John so CM Punk says that John Laurinaitis is stupid. He's ugly. He has no friends. And uh, he's a gigantic toolbox.
2: Uh
1: yeah, what a what a what a fucking line there. You're a toolbox. That might want to work out that one a little bit more punk, but you you know, I you you, you did your best. Uh
2: And so John Laurinaitis' response is that he wasn't preparing for his match with John Cena but he'd pound he'd pound you into the ground right now.
1: Absolutely. Um uh,
2: so,
0: John, C- John Larnatis instead puts CM Punk in a match against Lord Tenzai tonight. And CM oh, Punk God. is not surprised that he would do this. And so, he's ready. And he's like, he yeah, of course. Ready.
1: Gotta sure, say, uh, one here. one one more thing from this segment I need to shout out is, like, during this segment, every time, like, we cut to the hard cam, you could, you could see some kids on, like, the hard cam side Get very excited every single time they made it on screen. It looked like they got like a little bit surprised every time they made it on screen, as if they weren't sitting exactly on fucking hard cam side, perfectly positioned to be on screen every single time they cut to the hard cam. Sure, love to see. So that we, cut, we, we cut. We yeah.
0: cut on a. We cut on to our main event, which is Punk versus Lord Tenzai. But as Punk is making his entrance, John Laurinaitis comes out and makes it a handicap match against Lord Tenzai and, yeah, and Daniel Bryan. Oh, uh, so, God, I guess, so I guess this is the right time to bring up Lord Tenzai and uh, talk about who he is. We haven't mentioned him before. Is yeah. basically he is uh, in the attitude era there was a wrestler known as Albert or A Train. Uh, he was basically a big hairy burly dude. Uh, oh. mid-card guy. Uh, then in the early two thousand, in the mid early to mid two thousands, uh, he went over to Japan, became Giant Bernard, and was actually pretty successful uh, over there. Hell of
1: a name, hell of a name, Giant hell Bernard. Yeah.
0: Because uh, like basically, the best thing to do to be if you're a non Japanese wrestler in Japan is be a big foreign dude who hits hard, because that is and basically the culture. That is the – the. you don't even have to disrespect the culture. Just being a big old burly gaijin is basically like ticket one, tick. Uh, basically the easy way to get over in Japan.
1: Damn, Japanese big crowds
0: love them, love them big old gaijins.
1: Man, Big Van Vader just completely set the fucking tone for every single, like, foreigner to come after him, huh?
0: Not – I mean, not just – vader you got bruiser brody the steiner brothers andre the giant all of them wait andre wrestled live. in japan yeah yeah he had a whole oh, he shit. had a whole run in new japan yeah
1: oh shit that rules
0: even freaking hulk hogan kind of fits that fits that mold now that i think about it wait hulk hogan wrestled in japan hulk hogan won the g1 what the fuck uh, he famously, famous uh, he, Hulk Hogan had an extremely successful run in Japan, and though it is kind of most famous, it's most famous for basically two things: is is um, winning the G One, which at the time was a tournament for the very first IWGP Championship. Oh shit! So technically speaking, I don't think it's the same belt lineage anymore. But like Hulk Hogan was kind of the first IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, kinda look and also he was famous for doing a japanese interview where he shits on the wwf championship to, to be like this is the is this belt the iwgp belt is the only one that matters brother and then uh-huh. dave Meltzer got word of it and reported it in his newsletter <laughs> and hulk hogan was like oh dude I didn't <laughs> say- hulk hogan tries to be like i didn't say that dude you're printing lies brother and dave Meltzer Fake was like, I have news I have the tape, Hulk. <laughs> I saw you do the interview.
1: Hulk Hogan said fake news.
0: And from Holy then and I think shit. And from then on, Hulk Hogan hated Dave Meltzer, dude.
1: <laughs> of course that of course that fucking started a feud between him and Meltzer. God damn, of all the reasons to hate Dave Meltzer, that is that's certainly one of them. God damn it! He reported my
0: pup He reported my my news, dude.
1: He, they, he, he I said something. On the interview sh-
0: on it. Well, I said something shocking interview. and provocative,
1: and he and he reported it, dude. That's not okay, brother. All
0: right, back to what I was getting bidding on. Back to Giant Bernard. Sorry, I had to, No, I, I'm here to for talk this. About, fascinating to talk about Hulk Hogan's history in New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, but. Uh, but after, uh, old Bernard came back to the WWE, he was repackaged as Lord Tenzai, where he's coming out in like samurai getup and he's got like a Japanese manservant and he's got like tattoos of Japanese lettering on the side of his head.
1: Yeah, and... that one was especially kind of wild. It, it looked, it looked sick, but I was also like, hmm.
2: It's bordering on
0: yellow face. And the only reason I would argue it isn't is because they ignore, they don't act like he is Japanese. They do say that he went to Japan and honed his craft, but they also don't really acknowledge that he was Albert there. They it's just, yeah, I was wondering about that. No, the fans certainly did though. The fans (laughs) love to chant Albert.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh we love fans that know their fucking continuity. Absolutely. Uh,
0: so Lord Tenzai, not quite yellow face, more
1: just straight cultural appropriation, really. <laughs> Lord Ten- Lord Tenzai. What a great tagline for him. Lord Tenzai. Not quite cultural appropriation. Not
0: quite yellow face, more cultural not, appropriation. or not quite yellow face,
1: pardon me. Yeah, Lord Tenzai. Not quite yellow face. That I would it's, I would it's leaning on it, that.
0: but not there. It's not real. Yeah, they the don't, they don't act like he's
1: Japanese. Uh, the cultural appropriation feels a little more apt and uh mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit of a yikes there, but uh what you what you're gonna do? He yeah. went to Japan, so we gotta make a thing about how he is the big Japan guy, I guess. He's a big otaku
2: or something.
0: I don't yeah,
1: know. No, but f- fucking Lord Tenzai is just a major weeb.
2: I
0: mean he's like,
1: practicing jutsus in the corner as part of his training how, how,
0: In kayfabe, how else can I interpret this? That he went to Japan became super successful then came back with samurai garb
3: Look, I don't Lord... know how
1: else to interpret this but that he's a weeb Oh my god, Lord Tenzai before he comes out for this handicap match against Punk is like Master, forgive me, but I'll have to go all out just this once <laughs> Uh, oh my god! I love this character so much more. All of a sudden, imagining him as a giant fucking weaboo. He's like pro Ke- Kenny Omega. Who the only weaboo wrestler for me is Lord Tenzai.
3: <laughs>
0: so, oh, god. point point is though is that before is that very soon they will give up on making this guy a thing. This is the fetch of 2012 WWE, is Lord Tenzai. But for now, they are still trying very hard to make him a big deal. And that is basically the story of this match. Because whenever Daniel Bryan is in the ring with CM Punk, it's a lot more of an even affair. Uh, But whenever Lord Tenzai is in the ring with CM Punk, it's honestly a fucking squash.
1: Yeah, oh, Punk is struggling. Uh, not helped by the fact that apparently Lord Tenzai in Japan learned the art of the fucky bullshit heal mist. Um, he learned the mist. He learned how to put put a, a dyed water in his mouth and spit it out. Although <laughs> at a given point, which kind of almost adds to the Weaboo angle for me, because he doesn't. So, so like we get a yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't do ends, what like. most
0: people. He doesn't do what most people wrestlers do with mist, which is literally spit in their
1: eyes. Spit, you know, sp- spray it, spray it in a wrestler's wrestlers. He fucking so, so it's it's like the end of the match. Punks, punks tried to hold his own. He's had an okay time against Bryan and really struggling against Tenzai. And Tenzai fucking like puts his hand in a claw and sprays the mist onto his hand. <gasps> And then claws, like, CM Punk in the face as if he has some sort of, like, magical fucking anime hand. Oh, my God.
0: And, yeah, I don't really know what The Mist is doing at this point. Is it is it getting in Punk's eyes? Maybe? I don't know.
1: Is... Commentary sure is trying to make it sound like it's getting in Punk's eyes. Does it look like Lord Tenzai's hands are connecting terribly well with Punk's eyes? Like, the general ocular area of punk's face no so uh, who's to say really
0: yeah so he claws him and then he choke slams him with the claw and that ah. is how tenzai wins the match daniel bryan is just going yes is yesing real hard
1: uh, Yeah, down um, the
0: ringside
1: one way to commit suicide is uh uh, every single time, take a shot every time Daniel Bryan says yes, you'll be dead in 30 seconds. Yeah. I, 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 I have to say, I, I shouted this out when we were watching. I gotta respect the, like, near mechanical perfection with which Daniel Bryan repeats the yes just over and over and over again, sounding nearly pretty like exactly the same every single time he yells it it sounds as though he has like a goddamn record player halfway down his gullet he, he has opens up perf- his mouth
0: he has perfected the tone and rhythm of the yes chance at this point
1: it's insane i don't know how the hell his voice is not like shredded after well you know maybe it is his voice does sound kind of a little bit worse for wear these days but mm-hmm. uh, but still, like, Jesus, the fact that he has vocal cords at all, he and Vicky Guerrero could, like, teach classes on, like, voice preservation with how they managed to, like, keep their vocal cords intact despite having insane, like, yelly spots they, that they did forever. Yeah, and Vicky's so, they still do.
0: Tenzai heads on up to the ramp, and I made a note that he closes his fist.
2: Menacingly!
1: Oh, oh again, perfect anime villain. He's He's, like the we will meet again
0: and meanwhile daniel bryan runs in starts putting the boots to punk while he's down and then puts him in the yes lock where he where while he's just yelling yes while as wrong
3: yeah
1: yeah, he just he just yells it for as long as he holds it this man is insane daniel bryan is absolutely off his rocker and i love it
0: yep so we then move on to the may 11th 2012 episode of smackdown where we get a women's match, uh, AJ oh. Lee versus, versus Caitlyn. Uh, I made a note that Caitlin looks real upset. She, like she, she has a good job of looking sullen and unhappy. Oh, about she does everything. not look
1: happy to be here. Um, no. When AJ comes out, Michael Cole shouts out the fact that she is very popular among, as Michael Cole, in Michael Cole's words, so-called nerds. Michael Cole, everyone, is is very hip with the kids of the generation. Me. What are me. you talking about? Yeah, Me. Yeah.
0: So-called nerd. Very much over.
1: With, Absolutely. AJB, very
0: much over with me.
1: It's just the fact that he said so-called nerds as if he's never heard the term nerd before. And he's like, oh, this is one of those newfangled terminology that the kids are using these days.
0: Which is funny because when Daniel Bryan was a babyface... Michael Cole called him a nerd every time on commentary. Maybe Michael
1: Cole's just like bothered by the fact that he's not. He's saying nerd in such a way that doesn't like automatically imply that it's pejorative. Michael Cole's very insistent on the fact that he is not a nerd, and yeah,
0: he's yeah. I think I think that's I think that's the problem. Is he doesn't is he's like confused that the term nerd is a non-pejorative. Yeah, he's like
1: he's like. Wait, this isn't like a major insult to somebody's character. Is this the same word? Have I been saying the wrong word this whole time? Did, is this a misprint? What is happening? Is, it,
0: is it my is this is this neared? Is this a ne- different neared? word spelled a, the same?
1: A so-called nerd. <laughs> Uh the math top the line.
0: Yep. The match is very one-sided AJ Lee immediately does some, uh, a, uh, th- th- Luthas presses says whoop bam, 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 uh, uh this Caitlin, is and, then, blood. and then hits the shining wizard, which for those of you who don't know is a knee to the face when your opponent is on their knees, uh, for the win. Pretty pretty quick and easy win on this one. Uh, AJ then just starts continuing to beat down Caitlyn, and then out comes Daniel Bryan to act like an asshole.
1: Well, yeah, he so so Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan notes the fact that uh, AJ Lee is in fact kicking Caitlyn's head in, and uh, also this is the point where I, where Austin pointed out to me as I inquired to it that the brand split is. Uh is very is as soft and mushy as an old banana at this point. Yeah,
0: well, it's one-sided. Right now, there is a brand split in that there are raw people and smackdown people. However, every single episode of Monday Night Raw is a raw super show, which is which means that Raw and SmackDown people can be on Raw. So it's more like Raw gets all the important people. And SmackDown gets half because it's the B-Show.
1: But even then, later on, Punk shows up on SmackDown for a hot second.
0: Punk only shows up on SmackDown because he's feuding with Daniel Bryan, who's who's a SmackDown guy. Otherwise, CM Punk is never going on SmackDown. Jesus. <laughs> not on your life.
1: <laughs> it's funny, because he used to be on SmackDown, but not yeah. anymore.
0: Nah, he is too important to be on SmackDown.
1: Oh, my it's so
0: fascinating because SmackDown was the B show for so long and it's only when SmackDown got on network TV that now it's kind of the A show.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Now that they're on Fox, an actually important cable, and an actually an important channel, SmackDown is the important show.
1: Ah uh, shit, I guess we actually gotta pay attention to this stinker. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Damn no. it. Any anyway um but yeah so so daniel bryan very very impressed with aj lee kicking caitlin's head in and uh is uh i, I wrote down most of what he says here i'd like to so i'd like
0: to
2: uh,
1: oh also before thing. you get going shout out to the daniel fryan poster which has a which has a picture of daniel bryan inside of a fucking like french fry frying basket <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I did also see on the last episode on the uh, last SmackDown. I saw someone had a sign that said "Crying Brian."
1: Cry, yeah, crying Brian. I did notice that too. But Daniel Fryan is definitely my favorite. Um, good, so yeah, good
0: pun. So yeah, Daniel is—he's impressed that AJ Lee is so ruthless, and that now he, he's seeing her in an entirely new light. And, and AJ
1: Lee is clear. He's—he's he's clearly about to offer AJ Lee a spot in the Blackpool Combat Club. No, no, wait, yeah, wait. Wrong oh, time, a...
2: wrong timeline. Sorry, too far
0: in the future. We're not there yet.
1: Okay, but but tell me, tell me that didn't sound like a wind-up for do you want to mm. join the Blackpool Combat? You, you know, me, me and Dean Ambrose have been talking. We've got this great idea for, like, a little project we've been working on.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he's talking to AJ. And he said he's ready to move past the tension and angst that they've had with each other the last few weeks, and he said he's really looking forward to moving on after the after he beats CM Punk for the WWE title and it's like I was like, oh no, oh man, <laughs> we, she's setting herself up to be disappointed. I'm like, oh here we go.
1: AJ and looks he explains, real hopeful,
0: and he goes, he's really he's really looking forward to moving on to caitlin and then daniel
1: bryan does his trolley smirk face which is wild because like you you can say that to get aj riled up but at some point you like you kind of got to collect on that claim and i highly doubt that caitlin after spending this whole time being like you know daniel bryan sucks aj why are you going for him i i I somehow doubt that she would take too too well to being Daniel Bryan's rebound.
0: I kind of wish they had explored that angle more, but you know what? Well, that's, yeah. that's coming. Like, it would have been interesting. Clearly, Daniel Bryan's just saying it right now to be a douchebag <laughs> for no reason. Yeah, he but, but saying- you
1: got wonder what, like, what his angle is claiming that because, like, nothing's gonna come of it and it's just gonna it's gonna piss aj off in the moment sure but like he's
0: just enjoying making her suffer and (sighs) honestly i was kind of glad for this promo to be here because i'm glad that you got to experience daniel bryan the dickhead boyfriend and not just me telling you about it
1: yeah jesus this guy's a major piece of shit like i love it when daniel bryan plays the unapologetic asshole but it's it's kind of like how good he is at playing it it's like jesus he he's such a smarmy dick constantly you just it just makes you want to punch him in the fucking face yeah he's got he's got that stupid big toothy grin like ah Mm. yeah i got i i i i I, I got you ah ha ha and you're like i wish i mean
0: that's aj thinks about it she thinks real hard about punching him but she decides to not do it.
1: Yeah, fucking boo that she didn't. I like. I know we got our rules about intergender violence on this show or whatever. But fu- fuck, off. D- smack the shit out of him. You know you wanna. <laughs> uh.
0: But then the, na- the Dan- this leads directly into Daniel Bryan's match on the show against. <laughs> Whee- 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 it's the big show. This is the beanie era of the big show.
1: Where yeah, he's apparently... wearing
0: camo. He's wearing camo colors and he's got a beanie.
1: Yeah, hipster big show who loves going to artisan coffee houses and and talking about how you just don't get the 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 weird art house shit that he likes, man.
0: <laughs> so the match only really goes a couple of minutes. It basically Daniel is Big Show throws Daniel around a bit then daniel starts kicking him in the leg uh then he puts in the yes lock and the bell immediately rings because john loronitis did a screw job on the big show yeah which, which what that it would out it would make more sense if we were following that storyline because at, also happening right now is the big show is being disrespectful to he is also being like, man, fuck you, John Laurinaitis. And so John Laurinaitis is taking it out on the Big Show and trying to fuck with him. And that's what this is about. And But Daniel Bryan just pieces out of there. Jan- Johnny and Big Show have a promo about it afterwards, but we didn't watch it because it's not important to what we're here for.
1: Big but Show's that is like, what's going I, on with it. Big Show's like, I came over to SmackDown forever ago to escape an asshole GM and now I'm stuck with you again god damn it
0: so we move on over to the May 14th episode of Raw where we get a match between CM Punk and Santino Marella who is the U.S.
1: champion yes fucking dream team right there my 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 good good uh malapropisms boy who gave me my wonderful nickname for Jan Laryngitis teamed up with i mean clearly two of the the, the two best my uh mike uh mic workers that wwe ever had cm punk and mm-hmm. santino morello one two yeah yeah i mean you gotta you gotta <clears throat> get the icons together you know absolute dream team anyway yeah,
0: and then taking on daniel bryan and cody rhodes something something cody inner-
1: rhodes is here
0: well this is whoa you're only smoking mirrors Cody Rhodes who is the intercontinental champion right now?
1: Yep. Yeah, he's he's, so, he's enjoying that. Isn't this like didn't he do a whole thing with like reinventing the intercontinental belt or whatever?
0: Yeah, so I don't know so the intercontinental belt, I don't know if you're really familiar with the title designs of this belt, but it used to be like this oval like muted blue kind of yeah. belt and he specifically when he won the title was like I'm bringing back the old design. From like he wanted 80s. that eagle, uh, not the eagle, that's the world title, but the pure, but oh. the bright white belt that he wears. Oh, is yeah, the, is the OG intercontinental design.
1: Yep, Cody Rhodes, a stickler for the classics. What can I say?
0: Yep, and so, uh, I made a note that on commentary they had a whole thing. Dan- Michael Cole, because of course he did, tried to paint this as a good thing, but this month. Daniel Bryan was voted in WWE Magazine's Jerk of the Month.
1: Yeah, baby. I, Michael, they're, they're really going hard with tying in with all like the supplemental media.
0: They do, and Rip and Peace, WWE Magazine, I wish you were still a thing. There, it was a hilarious, like mostly in kayfabe publication. It was kind of fun. I wish it was still here so I could laugh about it
1: that sounds that sounds great also uh they say on commentary that cody had a had a line about this particular matchup where he said there's millions of dollars of talent in this match and santino which hey i resent that fact santino is is worth billions to me okay that Hmm. that man's ability to 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 speak a malapropism un unparalleled
0: course uh i wrote uh ambrose i saw a sign that said ambrose equals ratings smart sign of the year because (laughs) at this point in time i assume assume this is about dean ambrose i'm gonna be a
1: wild guess
0: dean ambrose isn't even on nxt yet nxt isn't even a thing yet uh he is not gonna debut for like six months so oh shit
1: wait so the the oh we got a fucking indie nerd in the house right
0: yeah, now yeah man right now at this point in time Dean Ambrose is just wrestling in front of like ten people in an armory in Florida Championship Wrestling holy WWE shit. then WWE's developmental, developmental.
1: yeah mm-hmm. god damn okay you'll lo- you'll love to see the fucking the fucking nerds in the audience god damn. Yeah. Deep, yeah, I noticed
0: deep. that it was it was it was in the corner of the hard cam on like one of the stairwell seats, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck is that I mean, doing
3: here?"
1: I mean, they weren't wrong; they were not remotely wrong. Ambrose does equal ratings, but like, mm-hmm. holy shit! Imagine calling that back in 2012 before he sh- even fucking Shield was a thing.
0: Yeah, so the match is very much a WWE TV tag match, as I call it. Uh, It's very, it's very much built around, you know, CM Punk gets some hot stuff early. Then Santino were, is there to mostly like get me up by the heels. And then CM Punk tags in for the hot tag. Uh, Absolutely. I made a note of, they did a bit where Santino, where CM Punk does a suicide dive uh to the outside to daniel yeah. and Cody, and then santino tries to follow him and he hits his stomach on the middle rope and doesn't make it
1: yeah no santino literally asks punk to like do a tope suicida on on cody and, and daniel and he's he's like all right now i'm gonna follow like yeah he had this bit all in his mind and then he just like fucking topples over the rope like a wow. copy, of course he does that yeah. <sighs>
0: I wonder. I've always, I've kind of this as a, a, a thought that was coming to me while we were while we were watching this match. Is I wonder, like, I wonder what it was that made that made them decide to start saying it's all tope suicida, which is te- it's like the Spanish term, yeah, uh, for it. Is I wonder how much of that was like wanting to sound more technical, and how much of it was not wanting to say the word suicide anymore. Uh, just I am curious what was the motivations behind phasing out the term suicide dive.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean I like the term so- tope suicida better. It sounds really it sounds yeah. I don't badass. I don't ha-
0: I don't I don't hate the term or anything. I was just I've I noted that shift that like nobody calls it a suicide dive anymore. it, uh, is, a su- it is a tope suicida or a tope con hero, depending on oh. how it is done. They are technically not the same dive, uh, oh, but nobody just calls it like suicide dive. And I'm like, huh? I wonder what the decision was to phase that out.
1: As a term, I don't know, but I don't I don't mind the new terminology. Uh, Michael Cole on commentary is he's got a lot of good. This guy is a goof at uh, Santino Morello, which um, hot meat kettle. Um, yep. Also, Michael Cole is very confused and agitated over someone on Twitter saying clobbering time. Like
2: yeah, oh yeah, he 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 has this
0: whole fucking. He's rant. looking through the
1: live tweets. Clearly,
0: yeah, he has a whole rant about this in the next episode i think or no this he did this on pay-per-view is when we get the rant about it
1: that's really yeah well at, right now he just seems confused like he's like clobbering time what the hell does that mean?
0: he doesn't know what cm punk took that from incredible yeah, uh he's
1: just a fucking clueless uh yeah mat, match
0: and en- match ends when eventually daniel bryan just decides to leave this match he's had about enough of this yeah, uh he's like, fuck this. CM Punk hits the go to sleep on Cody after he, like, uh, Santino threatens to hit Cody with the Cobra. And so the good guys get the win.
1: Hey. Also, there was one more thing. Uh, We're talking about cross promotion. They also shout out the like fucking website or whatever too like they shout out the
2: facebook they go to shout out the facebook
0: page this
1: isn't this isn't the facebook yet the facebook is later Mm. uh they they said something about the website like it was another kind of like someone getting voted something on the website i don't i don't fucking but they're Mm -hmm. they're just hitting up all the all the cross promotional shit here they're like Mm -hmm. they're like check out the magazine check out the website we got it all baby content for days motherfucker
0: yeah, so uh, they they may they call this out on commentary that basically CM Punk even when he was beating Cody Rhodes up, was only only had eyes for Brian because they're Aww, gonna have the paint. Oh, aw, yeah. So then later it. in the show, backstage, CM Punk is just having a conversation with Alex Riley. Say it to my face.
1: Absolutely.
0: And. And then AJ Lee comes up to him and Alex Riley's like, yeah, I ain't, I ain't dealing with that crazy. I'm out. of here. Um, yeah. uh, I'm out. And so AJ Lee plays the nervous fangirl and is like, and wishes CM Punk luck on, uh, on Sunday, which I feel is significant because this is officially the first time, like she didn't slap going back to what she did Brian and AJ's thing on SmackDown. Like, she didn't slap Daniel Bryan, no, but this is the first time she has shown express support for a man who isn't Daniel Bryan. And in Ooh. fact,
1: is facing Daniel Bryan, if you think oh. about it. She's like, my affections, or my 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 loyalties have finally shifted. This is what you get for being an asshole and threatening toothlessly to hook up with my friend who would never, ever you know, dream of dating to be your your uh, bounce back.
0: Yeah, and CM Punk says, hey, thanks, but uh, I'll be honest, I want nothing to do with what you're with the drama going on between you and Daniel Bryan. He's like, I've known Bryan a long time and I don't trust him. And I've only, I've I've not met you for very long, but from what I've seen is you've been kind of unstable. And yeah. So, I'm gonna leave now. Uh, and again, see, I really feel I... really the need to shout
1: this out. All times funnier by the fact that AJ Lee is CM Punk's actual IRL wife.
0: Oh, just you wait till we get to a thing next time. That's gonna make this fair. That's gonna be very funny, knowing that they are IRL married. Oh, trust
1: me. Oh, trust boy. Me.
0: But AJ is a sad girl. as I wrote AJ is sad girl.
1: She is as Punk girl walks away. She's really sad girl over this. It's it's it's, it's you you. She's like, she's just like the puppy energy that's that's emanating off of her. Oof. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, so we move on to the May 18th episode of SmackDown for important context because we're opening with another John Laurinaitis promo. And a lot, it's because a lot of stuff has been happening about this storyline. Uh, but to Leonard start... Laurinaitis is wearing on, his
1: Democrat tie. So, meh. you know, we're a to like him again.
0: He is sad because the board of directors has laid down the law in a couple of things about this match with John Cena on Sunday. Uh, number one, if John Cena wins, John Laurinaitis is fired. Oof. Number two, it will be a no disqualifications match. And number three, if, anybody, if any current WWE employee interferes on John Laurinaitis's behalf, they will also be fired.
1: Ha! Which I love how it's no disqualifications. He says you have you can't have anyone in your fucking corner. You piece of shit.
0: Yeah, okay, you. It's gonna be one on one, you little bitch. And so oh, John Laurinaitis. No so now John Laurinaitis is realizing that all of his plans to bullshit this match are basically in the toilet. Is yeah, so he's now he's, very sad.
1: John Laurinaitis has said he's lost his smile. Uh, it's and and that's why he has to vacate the title or something,
0: something like that.
1: Uh, something like that. <laughs> no, you know, but he's he's like the board of directors has limited how I can interact with John Cena during this match. Okay, dude.
0: And he he said the board of directors has set him up as a lamb to slaughter.
1: Oh, and it's unfair.
0: It's unfair,
1: Uh, as opposed to John John Laurinaitis, who is very uh, fair and balanced. TMC and R
0: as opposed to what John Laurinaitis intended to do in the match, which was, of course, going to be very fair. This is un- making him go one-on-one with John Cena straight up. That's the definition of unfair, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I just I just, I just, just wish we could have seen the board meeting where Vince walked up to, to Jan Laryngitis and goes, John, you have to beat Cena on Sunday, or you are far! Uh, but my, my favorite thing about this, too, is he's like, he's indignant about it. And he's, you know, very clear about the fact he's indignant about it. But then he also go goes on to, like, just flatly admit that, you know, like, you know, I'm pissed about this. You know, even though I'm the one who asked for this match in the first place, it's so fucking unfair. I got to put in this position. How could I ever have seen this coming? He's, you know. he's like, yeah, you know, I basically set myself up for this, but it's all it's, it's all the board's fault. Uh, actually, no, it's not the board's fault because he fucking goes on to elaborate. That oh no! We, we no
0: we gotta ho- we gotta wait for that. That's the whole. Oh, we gotta variant. wait for that.
1: Okay. Well, in the well, meantime, it's the fault. Sit tight.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, John John Laurinaitis uh, uh sewing.
2: Yeah, fuck yeah! This is yeah, great. Yeah, fuck yeah! This is great. John 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 Laurinaitis reaving. What the uh, fuck? Fuck! God damn it! Uh, but he, he misspeaks and says, hey, I'm approaching 40. Uh, he's yeah,
1: like, 50
0: like he he's
1: like, which I, I still don't know if that was intentional or not on his part. It, My didn't man read, it didn't read like he was intentionally like downplaying his age. It was such a subtle moment of like, oh, I'm approaching 40 and I'm looking at him like, really, you are, you are have- in your late. Light- 30s right now, Jan Lawrence. I don't right have. Is. Are you sure? I don't
2: have the. I don't have the, the ability, the athletic ability I used to. Uh,
1: yeah. Hmm. He, he, well, maybe you says, should have thought that before you fucking injured yourself in a match with John fucking Cena. Hmm.
0: Again, reaping, sewing, yeah. uh, so sewing, reaping again. Uh. Oh, but, also,
1: even though just even though last week he was trying to claim that like he was the best wrestler Japan has ever seen, and he still got it, motherfucker.
0: Now, now this week he's like, please, please no, please oh, no, you, don't put boy, don't pull me in a match with John Cena. Ooh, no. ooh, ooh,
1: <laughs> John Laurinaitis. Ooh, <Ooh-woo. laughs>
2: ooh, ooh,
1: John Laurinaitis saying ooh, is is something that would just allow me to expire of pure happiness on the spot. <laughs>
0: so, but he ends he ends his promo. He's asking. For the fans'
2: support, thoughts and, and prayers. If- <laughs> he wants thoughts and he prayers. He does. He's like, even if you, even if you don't have to cheer for me, but tonight, when you lay down in bed, please say a prayer for me.
1: You know what? All of my thoughts and prayers, my impotent, pathetic thoughts and prayers to you, Jan Laryngitis. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And
0: hey, out comes CM Punk again.
1: Again. <laughs>
0: where uh, CM Punk, he says, he's talking about how he's not even uh, a very real, uh, praying type of guy, but even he has been praying, and everyone has been praying.
1: What and are you prayers, praying for, Punk? And their
0: prayers have been answered. They have? And, I wonder how. So he's basically talking about how excited he is that John Laurinaitis is about to be fired. Yeah, uh, baby. Geez. CM Punk wishes Johnny Ace the best of luck in his future endeavors. Ooh, that would be exp- good to hear. And he explains after the pay-per-view that night on Raw, they're going to throw a party bigger than Mardi Gras. It's going to even have um it's going to extend
2: all the way to SmackDown.
1: <laughs> I wish I wish we could see that of them like signing off Raw with a party and then like they open SmackDown and everyone's still fucking partying.
0: That would be amazing. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, everyone's been memeing recently about how they want to see like an episode of Dynamite end with Claudio doing the swing on someone, and then rampage starts with him still swinging someone. Fuck that! I want to see this party rage on from from Raw to SmackDown. That would be even fucking better.
0: Incredible, yeah, it would incredible. But then CM Punk gets serious for a minute, and he says, "Do you realize how much you make people miserable?"
1: Do you realize
0: yes. how much you abuse your power?
1: Oh, he, what a line that aged like fine fucking wine. And he
0: brings up, okay, so on Monday there was a very long, very uncomfortable to sit through promo where John Laurinaitis made the Big Show beg for his get on his knees and beg for his job, and the Big Show was crying, and John Laurinaitis fired him anyway. Jesus so
3: Christ. he makes
0: he makes reference to this and talks about how he's making big how he made a seven foot tall giant beg and cry for his job
3: Jesus.
0: on Monday, and then he brings up Teddy Long and making him embarrassing him for weeks on end here on SmackDown, and he yeah, ends the, it with the ultimate
1: sin in my book. Fuck you, free he, Teddy Long, free Teddy Long.
0: And then he ends it with how does it feel to be on the other side of
1: the stick for once? Oh uh, basta. Uh...
0: And John Laurinaitis's immediate answer, the first thing he says
2: in response to CM Punk accusing him of abusing his power, I'm He's still agreeing. the general man. I'm still the general manager of SmackDown here. I can still do whatever I want. Yeah. I can still make any match I want. And so tonight he makes
0: CM Punk versus Kane. So I just, that was my first note. Is it CM Punk does this whole speech about how John Laurinaitis abuses his power. And the first and thing John, John Laurinaitis, Laurinaitis does says, in response is to abuse his power. And John Laurinaitis
1: Paul. says, yes, and. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, CM Punk, he says he's not going to lie. He is concerned about Kane tonight. But he's not going to run to the board of directors to complain about it, and, he's a he respects, man. and he respects. And he's a man, and he respects Kane, but he doesn't respect you. And he talks about that ne- this time next week, I'll still be WWE champion, and you'll be hanging out in the unemployment
1: the line. Unemployment line. Uh, uh. And then Punk walks so off. So he leaves. He leaves, and I could have cut
0: this off, but no, I kind of no. wanted. The villain breakdown of John Laurinaitis. So, I oh, absolutely,
1: it. absolutely.
2: So, <laughs> so his response to this, like, to pointing to the crowd, you like that, don't you? You like when someone makes fun of their boss. And yeah, baby. He talks about how he he works so hard, and he does it for all the people out here. But the harder he oh. works, the more people crap on me. <gasps> And he, he says that he's decided
0: that he doesn't blame John Cena or CM Punk. He doesn't blame them for their actions. He blames the fans for yeah, supporting people. Their, actual,
2: their actions. And he says, if this is my last night on SmackDown, you ingrates, you all can
1: go to hell. You know, I thought for sure he's like, I'm going to give you the shittiest show as I can book. Or like, you're going to watch all of your favorites die tonight. But now he just, like, go to hell and then leaves. Oh, my God. But say the line, heel, you people. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Yeah, so, so he, he you peoples all over the place and then just kind of, like, impotently leaves in a huff. Oh man, this whole thing is so fucking, <laughs> it's so cathartic to watch John Lauren and I just have a fucking breakdown over losing his job because he abused his power a little too close to the sun. Oh man, love it when this shit is relevant.
0: <laughs> yep, a hundred percent.
1: Oh boy.
0: So then, so then a little later in the show, Daniel Bryan has a match with Zack Ryder, kind of just a, a bit of a squashy squash. Yeah, just to get him out there, getting the dub, Rip and along. after that we get an extremely too close up version pic, uh, picture of Kane.
1: Yeah, a little right too up closer. in his like, eye.
0: Like, is whoa, that, back that up.
1: Common, Is that a common practice back then? No, I was like, <laughs> whoa, there! <laughs> what, what the, the fuck, fuck are fuck? you doing? Back up! They're like, Kane's like, hey, do I have something in my eye? And the and like, and the cameraman like zooms in so he get his like you know in fucking you know restaurant quality 4k can like check to see if there's something in kane's eye and they're like and we're back from commercial shit shit shit
0: god damn it all right let's go (laughs) um after uh and that is because the next the kane versus punk match is up next uh daniel bryan stuck around to do guest commentary
1: yeah, I, I didn't know that was a. I'm I'm used to DB getting getting the 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 guest commentary in these days if it's someone whose ass he wants to kick. But uh, didn't it's it's wild to me because again when I was introduced to and I, I like I talked about this in the front half when I was introduced to Daniel Bryan I was introduced to him as this like kind of loser goofball who's pounding around with pain and like had to go to anger management. So I just kind of figured like that he spent this era as a dork, but like he's pretty close to like current daniel bryan here like he is the technician whomst will make you feel all of the pain and mm. he's a cynical asshole and he just kind of wants to to wrestle and win and hurt people a little bit and enjoy his psychological warfare yeah it's wild how close that is to just like kind of what he's doing in the year of our lord 2022 i mean yep, it's, it's 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 wild to see on wwe tv i'm like i'm like this is missing about five layers of goofiness. Stop playing this so straight. This feels wrong. Wait, I'm hold
0: on a minute. Yeah, on commentary, Daniel Bryan claims to know over 100 submission moves.
1: Yeah, Jesus. Which doesn't stack up to that whole man of a thousand holds guy. But yeah, he's you know.
0: no Dean Malenko. But you know, he knows a lot of moves.
1: It's it's a start anyway.
0: But it's the ma- The early match is very much is they're they're playing up the idea that CM Punk is a, is smarter than Kane. He's playing. He he's, he is he is t- picking his spots right, but Kane is just a bigger dude. He is yeah, bigger absolutely. and stronger. And the turning point is really Kane has CM Punk down. Down uh, in the corner, and he drop kicks Punk's ribs into the ring post. Yeah, and for that, that pretty much they sell that as like he's hurt
1: his ribs, and he and and Daniel Bryan commentary is like, like Daniel Bryan commentary is like, yeah, I ain't gonna heal before before Sunday. He's very enthusiastic about the about the rib offense here.
0: Yeah, so and that puts Punk on the back foot pretty much the rest of the match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, Daniel Bryan, he actually takes the time to draw parallels to his and CM Punk's journeys coming from the indie independent wrestling scene. And yeah, then they both, he highlights this too. And then they both come up, became, become champions in WWE. He was the world champion very recently. And now he's going to, and CM Punk's the current WWE champion. Uh one of the few notes I actually made of spots, because I don't I do I don't I do not make enough notes about spots in matches Yeah. Uh, but I made a note of a super smooth kind of series of moose punk he hits the came with the Mongolian chops on the top rope. Then he goes straight into the macho man elbow drop and then he transitions into the Anaconda Vice Submission. Yeah, was. oh
1: my God. Dude. The 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 whole punk is smart and wily versus Kane is big and scary angle. I mean, I always love when stuff like this gets played mm-hmm. up. Like it's it's the David and Goliath dynamic with a little twist of like really playing up the like mental fuckery that the that the littler guy is able to do. And like Punk versus Kane is a is a is a cool matchup. That I mean, I know we're gonna be seeing more of it, but like that mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a standard matchup for either of them. Like. Punk doesn't seem like the type of guy for Kane to go after and vice versa. So seeing them together in ring is really cool and seeing how like they, they match up their styles. Cause yeah, Kane is just like the brutalist ass kicker and Punk is over here being like, nah, man, you're gonna, you're gonna fall for all my little tricks. And, and it's, it's a matter of like, cause, cause Kane's depicted as pretty smart too. So it's a, it's a matter of like, if Punk can like get something over on him, it's not like the big dumb giant, like Kane's kind of smart. So yeah. like this whole, they, they're, the, there is tension to it because Punk has demonstrated feats of strength, and Kane has demonstrated feats of of cunning in both in the past. So seeing kind of who could win out out of the two of them is interesting. Except uh, that uh, Daniel Bryan gets told on commentary that uh, someone insinuates that Daniel Bryan can't break the spirit of of CM Punk or any of his other. Booker T, no, Booker T is Booker who makes T- this remark. Yes. And Daniel Bryan gets very indignant about the fact that that he, he can in fact break somebody's spirit. How dare you say otherwise? And so this obviously gets his wheels a turning because in order to do some fucking spirit breaking, my man toward the end of the match, Punk and uh Kane are both on the outside. They're kind of sprawled away from each other. Daniel Bryan gets up. Takes his chair with him for commentary, folds it up, and is about to go and hit Punk, but Punk turns around, sees it. The ref sees this. So Daniel Bryan kind of takes stock of the situation for a second, and turns around, fucking slams Kane in the back with the chair. Punk gets DQ'd, and then Daniel Bryan goes, whoop 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 out of there. And sets it up and to make it look like re- Punk was the one who hit Kane.
0: Yeah, the real genius of the setup is, is that after that is that, yeah, CM Punk. Chases after Brian, picks up the chair to go chase Brian, and then Kane sees Punk with the chair and thinks that Punk used it, and this sets off Kane, who like starts beating Punk to death with the steel yeah. chair. He throws him into the announce table, throws him into the barricade, and then he and then he throws him back in the ring and gives him two choke slams. Yeah, all while Daniel Bryan is standing at the uh stage and just smiling and smirking
1: all the way home (laughs) dude i fucking love how like i I love i love how like daniel bryan took the thing that john lauren was trying to do with with john cena and is like watch me do it 10 times better than you and make it look like fucking effortless just to to get the monster to 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 do my bidding without him even realizing it what a wily bastard love it that he's showing up lauren Oh, he's so fucking evil. Uh, although right. I do have to wonder how that'll fare out for him, uh, <clears> assuming Kane will inevitably watch the tape, watch the replay, and realize that was not in fact CM Punk.
0: No, he won't. What we've talked about this is that in WWE, nobody watch. We talked about this last week. In WWE, nobody watches the show. So but like
1: Kane would will no never one bring know. it up. To, would no one bring it no. up? to Him? Would no one be like, "Hey, Kane"? So. In that fucking while, how Daniel Bryan attacked you last week and came to be like, huh? Like, what? no one brings that up to him. Is he that scary to approach in the locker room? Like, I know he's a big demon guy, but you'd think after a while he starts to become I a mean, more I mean, probably.
0: I don't remember the
1: minutiae here, but I don't know, mate. Probably they won't bring it up to him. What the fuck? Wait, wait. I, I, was, I was ready for Daniel Bryan to do a bit of, like, sowing and reaping here. What? I mean, I guess I don't know for sure how this
0: is going to go but we talk about seed planning. Uh, if you're wondering how Kane gets started involved in this whole shebang, it would be right here.
1: Yeah. Which, okay. All also, right. We mean... ham fucking fucking ham fisted way to like get your trios thing in is just have it set up on accident by John Laurinaitis, abusing his power in real time, just to like randomly try to feed punk to Kane. But you know, sure. Mm hmm.
0: All right, moving on to over the limit. Uh, uh, before we, before we actually get to the match, I feel like I should bring up how this storyline with Laurinaitis and Cena goes because that storyline has been so crucial to our entire arc. Yeah. So far, I feel like I should just go ahead and mention what happens. Um, what happens is the Big Show interferes because. He was not a current WWE employee as of the match. And what? so
1: wait, what? He, oh yeah. He Cause he got turned, fired. Hey,
0: he got fired by John Laurinaitis and then he turned heel and helped Laurinaitis win the match. So what Laurinaitis, John Laurinaitis beat John Cena in the main event of a pay-per-view in 2012. And no. they no they explain they explained that C, that Big Show signed an ironclad contract with the WWE in exchange for helping John helping Laurenitis so he could not be fired. And what? and everybody hated that.
1: <laughs> what the
0: fuck? So after all of that, Laurenitis is still having his job.
1: God Damn it. Sorry what? about that. No. God. Fu- that makes me sad and angry. Fuck. Go fuck yep. yourself. Well, hey, Lizzie doesn't have a job anymore these days. <laughs> yep. You can't escape so... the inevitable, Johnny.
0: Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. All
1: the same. So the, 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 phantom, of John Laurinaitis's impending sex scandals just watching from the shadows. Yes. Yes.
0: But, all right, back to what we actually watched to do with Punk and Bryan. Yes. Uh, Josh Matthews does an interview with Punk. He recaps, he does a recap video of, of the SmackDown thing with Kane. And he asks CM Punk how he feels right now. And CM Punk is like, well, I feel like crap.
1: And yeah. the only reason
0: I... <laughs> Only reason I'm smiling at all is because John Laurinaitis is about to be fired.
1: Well, well, well.
0: And so CM Punk does a thing. They just, they really play up on this pay-per-view, the idea that like Punk and Bryan are not the usual kind of wrestlers who are in this position. Read small indie guys.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: And CM Punk asks says you know if if you asked Vince McMahon ten years ago how he'd feel about Daniel Bryan versus CM Punk for the WWE title, Vince McMahon's response would be two things. It'd be well,
1: first he first of all who the, who the hell, hell? Is, is CM Punk and who the hell is Daniel Bryan? Which gotta say a plus Vince uh Vince impression mm-hmm. from Punk there that was good.
0: And yeah, that was very much the angry Vince impersonation with that. When he goes, yes,
1: gets up here, his voice ah. And then, I love the idea of him getting very angry over being asked about two wrestlers who who don't work for him. You know what? That actually seems very on brand for Vince. That, are you insinuating that wrestlers exist outside of the company that I, I run? Yeah, I, oh, I don't. Vin, you. Vin,
0: it, it's well documented that Vince's knowledge of things outside of WWE is lacking
1: yeah (laughs) i mean you gotta you gotta appreciate the dedication to his own brand i guess but jesus man it is it's so fucking funny just how clueless he he is of anything outside of what his own little fucking bubble
0: and then cm punk mentions that like van vince's head would explode
1: at the idea (laughs) (laughs) oh if only so
0: CM Punk, he starts talking about fighting Brian and he says it won't be a five-star classic, which that's kind of a bit of a lie, wasn't it? And then no, he
1: said, but, he said, it's I think he said, it's not just going to be a five-star classic. It's going to be like um, two dudes. He's about
0: to eight-star. say it's going to be a fight. I think yeah he was about to say, but he gets interrupted. And he in comes AJ Lee again. And AJ Lee is a lot more confident than she was. On fr- uh la- on Friday on a uh, Monday, uh she's coming in all assertive and confident, and she says it's going to be a lot of fun to to watch. And she once again wishes Punk good luck.
1: Oh, she's giving Punk them suplex me eyes. She's yeah, like... and I
0: and I made note that Punk seemed a little off put, it was giving a little off balance by uh-huh. AJ coming in so con- self confident.
1: Yeah, he's like he's like uh he's like well. Okay, okay, because okay. she doesn't really she she doesn't say all that much. She's just kind of like giving him these like white
3: fucking yeah, horny a,
1: toe eyes. It's
3: a
0: it's a completely different vibe to what she how she talked to him on Monday.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. She's she I don't I, I don't know I don't know where the confidence came from, but she's definitely ready to make some fucking moves on on Phil yeah. Brooks over here.
0: CM CM Punk in that moment would be like, hmm, you know what? I guess AJ is kind of hot now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, I know. He's like, oh, I I always hear what they say about those crazy bitches. Which, But, you know, that's probably where they're going with this. Oh, wait, yeah, you told me. Punk's like, uh, Punk at one point is like, yeah, the crazy bitches are the hot ones. So, cool. Yep.
0: so then our our final match of this episode obviously daniel bryan versus cm punk at over the limit Uh, yeah as
1: as they're coming out future fucking uh, apparently fucking oracle of the future jerry lawler says something to the effect of maybe aj has moved on and his feelings for punk now which i mean it's very obvious i guess but like very very um,
0: obviously within the context of the storyline that's kind of what they're implying but also it's like man mr nostradamus over here
1: i do love though how like everyone else on commentary is kind of like incredulous that he would insinuate that like well i like well i guess we'll see jerry but i don't know (laughs) like did you not did you not see the fuck me eyes like uh, uh, okay
0: jerry law jerry lawler always jerry lawler's always looking for fucking.
1: he's always jerry lawler's very attuned to the fuck me up especially especially the younger and younger woman gets anyway
2: oh well
0: i mean actually uh in a couple of years when aj lee is doing guest commentary as divas champion uh she says something to the effect of you're too
1: i'm too old for you jerry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fucking based AJ Lee lampshading the fact that she works with a goddamn pedophile. Amazing. Indeed. Anywho, uh, during this
0: entrance is when we Cole has an entire diet, has a kind of tirade about CM Punk taking his catchphrase, it's clobbering time from a comic book character.
1: Yeah. Wait, wait. who who might that be, Cole?
0: Yeah, I, was, I would like to know if Cole knows the thing.
1: I I love that he clearly got debriefed from the last time he got annoyed about that clobbering time thing when he had no idea what that was, and someone told him, oh, it's a comic book. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, no, I totally knew that. And then just proceeds, like, you know, in the back of his mind, what the fuck is a comic book?
0: Man, what... He, he, Cole has come so far. Uh, I were to nowadays when... Um, the new day dresses Final Fantasy characters at WrestleMania. Michael Cole says the says Final Fantasy references on commentary.
1: What the Michael Cole? Michael Cole, when when he finally turned face is like, you know, maybe I should give this whole nerd culture thing a try. Yeah, I'm like, I have
0: to, I have to hear Michael Cole use the word moogle, and I'm two, like, what?
1: <laughs> two two weeks later, Michael Cole was like in his gaming chair strung out on Red Bulls with, like, boxes, empty, like, pizza boxes laying around him, like, after a fucking all-night binger playing Civ or some shit, and he's like, I love it. And now he is a mega nerd. You'll love to see it. That's why he's a good guy.
0: Uh, And Jerry Lawler even tries to call him out on uh, Michael Cole being ignorant and stupid about The Thing. He's like, what's wrong with using the the catchphrase The Thing, Michael? And Michael's like, says a man wearing a Superman ring. What are you, what are you shut up.
1: Yeah, great, great. I hate that I'm siding with Jerry Lawler on this one, but, like, you know, he does, what the fuck, what, what does that mean about anything? Oh, yeah, he's wearing a it Superman means, ring. He knows comic book means, shit, you don't. What? It means he's a nerd not worth listening to, is what that means. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why am I agreeing with you? Anyway, uh, also- so, baby Justin Roberts is here
0: yeah as as AEW fans now he's you know he is doing the uh he does he does uh ring announcing for W for AEW now but he did work for the WWE for a very long time
1: it's so good to hear his voice oh he's got the best fucking voice Ever he still ago. he
0: still does his John thing, but now he does it with John Cena instead. instead. Cena! He yeah, just really he really likes he, the, the name Jan John. Cena! And now he does John Moxley! D-
1: Justin Roberts, big John guy.
0: <laughs> yep, love saying John.
1: Love saying the word Jean. Jean laryngitis! Anyway.
2: So...
0: Uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. I took s- not enough notes for this match, really, but no, it was just uh, dope, fantastic match. Uh, I mean, exactly, always, exactly
1: what you would fucking expect. It ruled.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of high. It's always heralded as a highlight of 2012 WWE. Is that time CM Punk and Daniel Bryan had a one on one match on pay per view, and it went like 20 minutes.
1: Oh my god! Absolutely incredible. I it was just—it really, was
0: just a kind of a fantastic back and forth act wrestling match. Like,
1: yeah, no, rest, the, the, wrestling. the 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 tech, uh, all the technical skills were out on display. Uh, there was a lot of clear strategy going on. Daniel Bryan doing his thing of like really trying to fucking um, hammer at injured body parts on Punk. I mean, it's kind of a classic move, but but mm-hmm. but DB especially is is the kind of person who specializes in that kind of offense and. And it's horrifying to see every time. He's one of those guys who looks like he'll, like, he just dissects his opponent in the ring. And CM Punk, uh, I mean, CM Punk, it, 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 you know, obviously people go on and on about how fucking good Punk is on on the mic. And, and, and you know, for good reason, he is. But I don't mm-hmm. think he gets nearly enough talk proportionally to his great kind of, like, Wiley Fox style in ring. I mean, we're talking about mm-hmm. this with the Kane match. But CM Punk just is portrayed as this insanely intelligent, insanely crafty um, wrestler. He's he's played as the type of person who, above all, can get a read on his opponent, which is part of what makes him good on Mike. But also, it makes him great in ring. Like he's just able to like, like look around and lock on to just little weaknesses that like once in a while, little openings that he can exploit. And mm-hmm. it's paired with with Daniel Bryan's spider-like technical offense. Is it's so fascinating to watch to watch this war in particular because yeah. Punk because 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 DB will just go in like trying to find every possible way he can to murderize Punk, and it's just Punk having to get around that and finding every little spot he can to get the to get the drop on DB and the spots where that happened are insane
3: mm-hmm.
0: i think cm punk but yeah between the fact that like as a talker he's an all-timer and also the fact that um he's never been quite as athletic as a lot of his like lauded indie peers and the, i think it kind of gets forgotten sometimes how good of a rest just a wrestler how smart of a wrestler he really is oh my god uh it's how he was able to keep up with the guys who were more athletic and exciting to watch than he was. He necessarily was in ring.
1: Well, um, and, it's, and it's all consistent with his character too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's, it's honestly, it was basically just watching like a wrestling chess match here yeah. for this
2: match.
1: Absolutely. And there was a great moment um, where, Ah, oh, God! I forget exactly how it played out, but it was—it was, it was basically—it was basically like they kind of had like competing bridges going or something, where mm-hmm. they—they kind of had each other like lo- like they were kind of locked into each other's arms, and they basically got it so that I think it was Daniel Bryan down on the ground and CM Punk kind of like arched over and spidered over him, and their heads, their faces were so close together. I'm like, kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> it looked yeah. that. Uh, shout out! Shout out to Claire, wherever, uh, uh, wherever wherever she may be, doing her cool shit right now. Uh, the, talk about that! That was one of those moments of the sexual tension being at its fucking peak. Oh, beautiful moment!
0: Absolutely. And so the match kind of wraps up where uh, CM is Daniel Bryan has CM Punk in the yes lock. Uh, however, CM Punk rolls Bryan on over onto his shoulders. Yes, Punk's shoulders are not up, uh, are are a little bit up, and uh, it go and Daniel Bryan is pinned one two three. But at right after that, CM Punk taps out. As I wrote, they rounded him because thinking <laughs> this SummerSlam 2022 because that's on my mind right now.
1: Oh God!
0: But yeah, they they did that spot. It's not uncom. It's, it's it. It pops up every once in a while, but yeah, pinned the guy in the submission, but he tapped out. So this guy with the submissions like, what the fuck? How?
1: Why did I lose? I All them tapping. Why did I lose? Despite the, I don't. I don't know how the fuck he could feel punk tapping, but not punk like pinning his uh, shoulders to the floor. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, see him. And, and again, punk there's a great, great like thing about getting getting a read on the opponent and just finding every little opening you can. Punk at that point, you know, it, it clearly like was, 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 uh, uh, disoriented and everything, but they still had him get the drop on, on Brian like that. And fucking again, brilliant, brilliant, like mental dissection of an opponent. Holy shit.
0: hmm So CM Punk, uh, kind of sneakily gets away, gets away with one here. And yep. Daniel Bryan is coping and seething. Big mad
1: huge mad
0: and so uh we kind of end this chapter this first chapter um with nothing truly resolved which is kind of a narrative reason why it's going to keep going and then
1: absolutely
0: it was te- you know officially a clean win nobody cheated or anything but it was a bit of a tight one and daniel bryan did make punk taps so brian is not done and kane now has beef with punk too and aj lee is over here kind of kind of getting feeling some kind of way about the best in the world and as we, as we said at the top of the second half here is this was a lot of setup for the meat of the of where this art goes a bit of a straightforward story between who's the best in the world at yeah, the I gotta say.
1: I got to say this one was, this one was fucking solid. Um, I really, um, I, I, I really enjoyed this, uh, this entry. I mean, a lot of goofy shit, a lot of shit to make fun of. Fuck John laryngitis with all my heart. Um, but at the core of it, um, I mean, we have two of my absolute faves going at it. And, 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 oh God. And the AJ Lee stuff is so fucking cringy. Oh God. I'm going to, I know as that ramps, I'm going to hate it so much. Um, uh, <laughs> But like I'd
0: I, I, I be over here in my nostalgic bubble being like this is great.
1: But this but is... from the from the offset, like we got two of my faves working mm-hmm. each other and you know doing what they do best. And that that angle of it is is was quite good. So like, you know, th- this was clearly they had the makings of of some good shit here. It's just it's all weighed down by the kind of trademark WWE goofiness, especially of that era. Um mm-hmm. So it's it's just kind of how much mileage you get out of being able to live with the fact that it's gonna a lot of it's gonna be kind of fucking dumb.
0: Though to their credit, I mean they did a story about like who is the bestest wrestler and then they let him go have like a 20, 25 minute pay-per-view match.
1: Yeah, that that part was exciting and and when WWE lets its wrestlers do like real good wrestling TM man, you get some good shit out of it.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: So that is, that's the, the bat of that one. Chapter one, we're going to have two more episodes in this arc, uh, covering, detailing kind of the full summer of 2012. Uh, but that is for a later date for next time. Uh, we finally come to an end of our ECW journey.
3: Oh
1: man.
0: No, we certainly remembered November, uh, not necessarily maybe not November, the way they
1: wanted us to. However, we, we I do remember it quite strongly.
0: But you know, Sandman is not is not permanently disabled or anything. He can still it wrestle. Worked. So it is time for the final confrontation between uh, Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman.
1: For now, of course. And Cairo uh, was right. Hashtag.
0: Absolutely. Hashtag Cairo was right. Oh, but that is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs.
1: Yes, sir. All right, dear friends. Thank you for joining us in yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you. You guys know the drill. Thanks again for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is you use to consume our content. We are so delighted to have you here. We hope you keep coming back week after week as you keep doing. Brand new people. Hello. Uh, we here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both Noobs and Knockouts alike. So, welcome. We we hope you've had a great time here, whether you're brand new to the whole wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of the discourse and all that good shit. Uh, either way, we hope you've had a great time here. We hope you want to keep coming back to have a great time with us week after week after week. If you would like to keep having a great time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube hit subscribe and ring that bell and make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode uh uh you know give us all that sweet sweet engagement check out all of our playlists Austin is kind enough to organize all of the arcs and eras and shit that we follow into their own separate playlist so if there's something you want to follow all the way down without having to do a whole lot of skipping you have that option there's also uh the the video aspect to watching us on youtube you can check out our beautiful video feeds, our awesome pretty HUD, and all the little visual gags we hide in there for the people who take the time to actually look at our beautiful faces. Uh, of course, though, if you're a fan of the audio-only experience, we have you covered there. We are on three of the best places to find your podcast, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. Give us uh, give us a good old five-star rating. Give us a nice little happy review. Download our episodes. All that good shit, that engagement tells the algorithm, tells other people that these guys are pretty cool, and I don't know, maybe you should consider checking them out. I don't know. I'm just saying. So, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts, do find the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. Of course, you can also get in contact with us on the interwebs. Find us on social media, folks. First and foremost is our Twitter, at Noobs and Pod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Pod on Twitter. Come check us out there. It's a great time. We do memes. We do discourse. Uh, we post every single time we drop a brand new episode, so you guys know what the hell's going on at all times. And of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up?
0: Of course. So, up uh, as usual, at a every week at eight PM Eastern on TBS is <laughs> AEW Dynamite. Uh, we, we both, me, both me and David, consistently watch that live. I was there live in Columbus, Ohio, on their yeah, August third. So, that, yeah, that's pretty fucking sick. Um, but this, but normally, we are both just watching live on TV and live-tweeting the show. Uh, in Absolutely. addition, I keep up with WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-view, so we live-tweet those as well. <laughs> Upcoming uh, for WWE is on September the 3rd is Clash at the Castle, WWE's uh, first major pay-per-view in the United Kingdom since 1992. <laughs> uh and this is fucking crazy, because now that we are in the Triple H era of oh, the shit. WWE, I admit I'm following a lot closer these days than I yeah. normally do for this, so I can actually speak with a little more authority on what's happening. Uh, so, upcoming for the UUWU title! We the love the title! The undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns, acknowledge me, UUWU. Woo. Against <laughs> Drew McIntyre, the wait, European not rock Lesnar, witchcraft, witchcraft of the highest order. Yep. So Drew McIntyre, he's Amazing. Scottish, is gonna Scottish. please beat Roman. Uh, please, please, Ooh, and then we also have set. For the SmackDown Women's Championship after Liv Morgan kind of kinda got one over on Ronda Rousey. Now she's gonna take on one around one of Ronda Rousey's besties as Shayna Baszler won oh, a shit. gauntlet match on SmackDown to compete for the title. Uh Pulling hard for Liv Morgan on this one, because I like Shayna Baszler more than a lot of people do. But she was NXT Women's Champion for like 600 days. I think I've seen enough of her as champion to last a lifetime.
1: And also, fuck her being friends with Ronda Rousey. Oof.
0: Uh, So then, up next for AEW is All Out on September the 4th. Next day. Great. Uh, so far, we only have one match set for all out that I can finally talk about because David finally has caught up on the, on, on, uh, dynamite, Oy. but we are going to have a tournament for the first ever AEW world trios champions and there, and the tournament final will be at all out.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother.
0: And then for impact wrestling this past week, they finally officially announced that impact bound for glory 2022 Aww. will be on october friday october the 7th finally got that date down uh, obviously that's still a couple months out but we i will be watching and live tweeting that show as well and we'll talk about matches that for that show as they start coming up
1: hell yeah be sure to check all that out folks it's a great time over on the twitter austin and i have fun if you like for some reason listening to us ramble for a couple hours on end about wrestling shit over here you'll like the twitter all our voices kind of carry over it's it's like watching along with us it's it's a good time austin's got his really smart insights i just meme it the hell up and get hype about stupid shit yada yada either way good time check us out on twitter at noobs and @noxpod pod on twitter but of course if you want to get in super direct contact with us we also have an email address you can email us, noobsandknockoutspod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's noobs the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come check us out there. Uh, Come, come say hi. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like. Requests of what you want to see more of, uh, or arcs, eras, companies, special media, wrestling adjacent, whatever. Uh, Tell us that our hot takes are super based in red-pilled or that they suck and that we need to shut our goddamn mouths. What, whatever it is, start discourse with us. Come say hi. We love to say hi back. Noobs and Knockouts Pod at gmail.com. And finally, uh, you can find us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. Shout out to our $1 tier friend of the show, the Sugar Daddy Kyle Smith, for his financial support of our show. Enjoy your perks, buddy. If you want to enjoy perks along with Kyle, $1 on the Patreon Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. Yep.
0: See y'all next time.
1: Hasta luego.